Hey, Bryce, it's Jatia from Survivor. Remember your season, the best season ever, season 28, Kagayan? I was just calling to let you know that I hear your podcast. I love it. And it's especially helping me during the quarantine. Um, I sneak away from my kids and I hide in the bathroom and listen to your podcast. So keep it going. Thank you so much. I love it. And it really brightens my day. You know, when I'm hearing it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants podcast. Cause you know, we go together. Bye, boo. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to unwind. You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You're trying to get your snack. You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Purple Pants Podcast. I am your host, Bryce Isaiah, and I hope that everyone is well, doing well, staying safe, you know, adjusting to this new normal that we have to adjust to. So we can look at our Tito's half empty or we can look at it as half full. So I really hope that this podcast finds everyone in really well spirits. I'm happy to be here with y'all this week. I have a really great episode for y'all, but you know, before we go on really how's everybody doing i know it's a lot getting used to being inside you know trying to follow these restrictions but I'm on social media and I still see people not really following these rules, being outside, gathering in groups like we really have to do our diligence of staying social distance. If we are trying to fight this COVID-19, we have to all do our parts like, you know, I want to go visit my mom. I want to go see her. But, you know, I want my mom to stay safe, even though the other day I called Barb and I'm like, what you doing? She like nothing. I'm like, girl, you're in the car. She's like, oh, I have to go to Rite Aid to get girl. You don't need to go to Rite Aid for nobody. Keep your little butt in the house. Now, she was on the way to getting medication, so I have to, you know, I let her get a pass for that. But I'm like, Mom, they have delivery services. You can get the medication that you need delivered to the house. But, you know, Barb and John and Sunshine are going crazy. But, you know, we all are, so we all try to make the best of it. But seriously, like, we really have to do our part. But I'm really excited for this week's episode. We got a lot to get through. This is really, really, really going to be a good episode. But let me wet the whistle. I wet the whistle to little Tito's and a little strawberry lemonade. So, mm, 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 chilling. So, we got the church announcements this week. We have Survivor News with our baby boy, Jack Atkins. Um, I started watching the show called Unorthodox on Netflix. So we have Akiva joining me this episode. So I'm so honored to have RHAP Royalty joining the Purple Pants podcast. Uh, we've got the Purple Pants Premonitions with our good, 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 good homie, Gangsta Gurry. We have the Purple Pants Picks. We have Advice with Bryce. We've got Barb's Message. And we got the Freak of the Week, okay? We ain't playing no games out here. We adjusting to the new normal. And we are going to get through this together. So, first on the church announcements, I actually have the new normal. So, this weekend, I... um. I try to stay in my house. I really do. Like, I really don't go out at all. Um, I do go out to, like, you know, get groceries and get things around my house. So this weekend, I needed to get some things. And I went to the store. And as I was, like, getting in my car, I had seen some neighbors out. And I was like, oh, my God. Like, 
everyone was wearing masks. And I'm like, wow. Like, it really kind of took me back. Like, wow, this is like way we, where we are at at this point. You know, recently this week, the CDC has recommended for all citizens uh, to wear masks, even non-surgical masks, like any type of face covering. They're saying that it can like, you know, just help a little bit. Um, and so, you know, I'm urging all of my listeners, you know, if you got a scarf wrapped around your face, if you got a survivor buff, put it on. Um, that is really important. But it was really kind of like, I have to admit, like, before I even like pulled off in my car, I was just like looking around and I was just like, wow, like this is really where we are. It's like, it, it, it can be scary. Um, and I know uh, people with anxiety and a lot of people that are nervous in these uncertain times, but you know, you really have to, you can let those type of feelings get you down or you can, you know, adjust to the new normal because we know one thing's for certain that change always happens and obviously this might not be the change that we want but we have to adjust and so baby I went and got my purple Kagiyan buff I went back in the house got my Kagiyan buff and I was like you know what and it felt so weird like I put my Kagiyan buff on and I'm like walking into the store and I'm like I feel like I first of all you know me I'm an African-American male okay in the United States me walking into a store with a mask on my face child who would have thought but I really had to uh, adjust and it felt uncomfortable for me wearing this mask like what am I doing but I really do want to stay safe because you know over the weekend I was like on social media and I had saw one of the Purple Pants podcast listeners, um, his name's Josh, that he had posted that he had lost his grandmother to pneumonia suspected of COVID-19. And so I want to send my condolences to your family, Josh. But, you know, it's really real out here. And like, you know, we just need to make sure that we stay safe. And if one person can do our part, it really kind of it can affect a whole world of change. And so I know this new normal is like kind of hard to get used to, but we really have to do our part to make a difference. But at the same time, let me just tell y'all this quarantine 15 baby is real. Okay. I, listen, I like, cause I haven't even really put clothes on. I have like this, uh, sweatsuit that my mom gave me for Christmas from like three years ago from American Eagle and baby. That's all I've been living in. But baby, I know baby boy is packing on the pounds, which is okay. I'm not going to beat myself up about it, but I do know that it's something that I need to work on and that I need to really kind of like, you know, we might be stuck quarantining, but I don't need to be eating these Cheetos one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I'd be on the phone with Rodney and we'd be talking and I'd just be snacking away. But I really need to make a conscious effort to like shed this quarantine 15 and then, you know, some other. But another thing that I wanted to talk about was just something that kind of popped into my mind. So I haven't, mind you, I normally get a haircut every two weeks. I go to my barber and, you know, it really had like, can I talk? This week would have been the week that I would have went to get my haircut. And I really kind of thought uh, with, you know, a lot of cities in Philadelphia, they've actually like banned like barbershops and beauty salons and all of that stuff. And I, it really kind of made me think like, wow, like, you know, that is my barber's like main source of income. And if they are like shutting that down, like, wow, it has to be such a hard time. So I had reached out to my barber and I was like, do you have cash app? And my barber was like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, can I get your cash app? I'm just curious. So I got my barber's cash app and I actually sent uh, money like I was getting a haircut. And my barber texted me like, are you like, I'm not cutting hair right now. And I'm like, I know. No, but you know, while this time that we are adjusting to this new normal, I want to still pay you like I am getting a haircut every two weeks. I know it's not a lot, but it is, you know, 
within my budget that I can do because I want to uplift somebody, you know, do unto others like you would like to be done. And, you know, my barber was like so grateful, like, wow, I like, you know, you don't have to do that. But I am like so appreciative of that. And I just I'm like, you know what? Yes, we have to do our part. And although I'm not getting a haircut and I'm in the house looking crazy. But, you know, think about I'm blessed that I actually have job security of the sense that during this like pandemic, you know, my full time job, we're thriving. Like I have to work every day. I'm busy, you know, from 830 to 5 p.m. every day. And I'm blessed in that sense and so I want to be a blessing to someone else and also like you know uh, there are a lot of local businesses like with us being inside that more than likely will not survive this so I am urging my purple pants posse that you know if you go get takeout food you know try to support your local businesses um, there's a, a local place around the corner from me it's a pizza place and they've got really really good pizza so you know on Friday night I had just I wanted to support my local businesses so I had like you know ordered some food for takeout and I really like the setup that they have like you have to pay over the phone before you can pick the food up um, um, and then you have to call them when they're outside and they have like a little table. You call them, you tell them your order number and they come out and they put the food on the table and then they go inside and shut the door and then you can grab your food. And then like if there's people waiting, you obviously like wait six feet apart from each other outside. And so like, you know, adjusting to the new normal, but also just trying to like, you know, we are a community out here. So we've got to support each other. And so although it is like little things like that, but that could really be helping that company. So I just wanted to like, you know, try to like, you know, just encourage the Purple Pants Posse to support your local businesses. And then the last thing on the church announcements I wanted to say is like, I know that we are, a lot of us are at home and we've got these ambitious goals. So like, Ooh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I'm going to work on this. But I also want to just encourage the purple pants posse. Don't be too hard on yourself. You know, with, I know a lot of us work. A lot of us got children. A lot of us have a lot of other responsibilities. And just because we're at home doesn't mean we just have this free time to just like willy nilly around. And so I know that like, there was like somebody wrote an article how like, they both were at home and like, you know, they were like, oh, since we're at home, they were like a couple and they both work full time jobs. But they're like, oh, you know, what? we've been wanting to like redo our kitchen and we bought like the painting supplies. And they're like, you know, three weeks in, we've yet to touch the painting supplies. And they were like, they were feeling bad about it. But they realized like, you know, we still have to work. We still have to get our lives together. So I just want to say, like, of course, it's great to plan for the future. And of course, it's great to have goals. But we can't be too hard on ourselves because we still have everything everyday lives to live we still got emotions we still got kids we still have things so don't be too hard on yourself purple pants posse don't beat yourself up a little bit like you know we have to ease into this new normal but you know as long as we are making strides and making goals towards that new normal i feel like that we will be great so those are just some things i wanted to touch on on this week's church announcements now let's get into oh ooh, the meat and potatoes what the meat and potatoes what the meat and potatoes what y'all know i'll be stay trying to make a song out of some oh well don't judge me the meat and potatoes what but all right let's get into this menu survivor news and we are back this week with our baby boy jack atkins from chicago university aka taking classes at home in austin texas what's poppin baby oh houston Houston. what's What's poppin h-town stand up baby come on (laughs) uh what's what's going on bryce What's going on? I'm chilling. How about yourself? How you feeling? Same here. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling good, honestly. High energy right now. My my uh, my throat is a little hoarse, but I feel good. I don't think I'm sick. Uh, I do start some classes online tomorrow, so a little nervous about that. But you know, we gotta push through. Some interesting classes coming up. We'll learn a thing or two. You know what I'm saying? So okay, yes. Come on, baby boy. You better earn them A's and B's. Oh yeah. 
Ace only, Bryce. <laughs> oh, no, I'm, oh, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm playing. <laughs> yes. Well, let's get into this despicable episode because I have a lot to say and a Ugh. lot uh, of things that I want to get off my chest. So go ahead. Let's get rolling. Can I just say real quick, I watched Tiger King. That shit was fire. I can't wait to listen to your recap. <laughs> but back to Survivor. Survivor Tiger King, very similar, I know. Um, Bryce, we're coming into this episode. We got the merge. We got Tyson back. What are your thoughts? What are you feeling? Um, I was very happy to see Tyson back. I thought Tyson was a well-deserved winner of winning that challenge. I really was rooting for Natalie, um, but I was excited to see that Tyson won. I was like, on Twitter a lot this week, and I was reading a lot of the fans were saying that uh, Boston Rob had an unfair advantage because Amber bequeathed um, his her token to Boston Rob yep. and everyone was saying like how unfair that was and if she didn't bequeath her tokens to him he would not have been able to have that advantage and so that it was more room for probably someone like Yule or Natalie to really be in the, the competition but I don't really look at things like that I mean he well, got yeah, to his, his relationship with Amber throughout the game was probably a disadvantage in the first place because you know you're married and that's putting a target on your back if you're if your shoddy wants to give you a, a little fire token bequeath <laughs> you a token for the challenge I mean maybe that's a little bit of an advantage but to, to, uh, compared to the whole disadvantage they had just by being a couple, I mean, it kind of evens out, you know? True, but I mean, I was very happy to see Tyson get back in. I thought he was well-deserving, although I was kind of team Natalie, rooting for Natalie to get back in, but I was very happy to see Tyson. Yeah, no, I, Tyson was my number one pick to get back in, so I'm thrilled. And I will say, Bryce, I, I got I to gotta call this out a little bit, just with the structure of Edge of Extinction, I've seen people talking about this. It's a little, It's it's basically skewed for the people that were there the longest aka got voted out the earliest so people like parvati and yule who got there later and didn't have as much time to earn those fire tokens didn't even get to do that log collecting challenge for a guaranteed fire token well now they get no advantages on this challenge and they're screwed because they got there late and they lasted longer in the game True. Well, I mean, that's the nature of the beast of Survivor. However, although with Yule with no advantages, I thought he did. I thought he held his own in this uh, challenge a lot. Agree, but if he maybe if well, I know that's just the nature of the game. You gotta you gotta deal with what you're given. But I do I do think you know if Yule was voted out a few days earlier, which in a general Survivor sense would be bad, he'd probably have a chance to get a token and then maybe could have won that challenge. So it's I kind mean, of just a double edged sword. True, but Amber could have bequeathed her tokens to Yule. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes there, Bryce. Okay, but, I mean, moving on. I mean, we just in the first place, legendary season. We're finally at the merge. That's a huge milestone. And obviously, congrats to all the players, including our boy, Wendeezy, for making it there. Uh, early on, Bryce, we see the conditions get pretty rough. You know, there's rain, there's storms. But we see Adam saying everyone's being kind of a wuss, con- considering he went through a cyclone in the season. Then flash forward to the challenge. Adam's on the pole, screaming that he's scared. I'm Sophie's scared. shivering so hard. Uh, and I, we actually see that Sophie got, like, some kind of type of sweater for the challenge, because she looked like she was in a rough condition. What did you think about these these conditions, Bryce? Did you go any, through any uh, weather like this back on your season? And how do you think this kind of affects the gameplay that's that's going on? Um, it definitely affects the gameplay a lot. You know, I was on Kagiyan, and during Kagiyan, we went through a typhoon. And so it literally rained three days straight with no sun and just constant rain. And so that mm. is something that is super serious. Like, that was, like, probably the worst experience of my life. Like, going to sleep 
completely fine and then in the middle of the night it starts to rain and then like you know you're hoping and praying that like oh i cannot wait until the morning let the sun come up and i get through this and then long behold the sun never yeah. comes up it rains all day and then you have to go sleep soaking wet so that definitely can not only weigh on your physical it definitely can weigh on your mental i know at one point in time i was thinking like i don't know if i if i'm really supposed to be out here because it's just yeah. like when your hands prune up when you just think about your underwear soggy underwear up it was li- literally the worst you know i and i agree like you said it affects your mental it affects your physical and then i think in a greater sense it affects the strategic game because everyone's cooped up in the shelter not feeling up to anything not walking around not talking strategy so it is interesting to see how real this game still is 40 seasons deep with all winners out there and they're struggling with it too even adam is struggling up on that pole um so moving after that we see uh jeremy and denise winning the challenge uh and then coming back to camp you know people start talking this is the first vote of the merge of survivor winners at war people are scrambling a lot of names getting thrown out you get adam's name get thrown out you get wendell and nick's uh, name thrown out as a duo we see what do you think of nick coming in every conversation with the compilation of nick walking in on everyone entering the frame what did you feel about that i I loved it like i felt like you know although i felt like nick you shouldn't just be walking up to random people that you normally don't strategize with but i feel like that was one of my mistakes in kagiyan was that like i didn't interrupt conversations so Mm -hmm. you never know with you interrupting conversations where the how that can change the course of things so i'm not even mad at that because obviously we see nick is still here so i mean it didn't do him bad so i i was here for that like sometimes you got to shake things up sometimes you have to literally like you see people talking and you want to know what's going on you got to walk over there and say what's up what's popping yeah i agree i mean it was a funny compilation it made him look a little bad and he probably could have been smoother with it but at the end of the day you hear a lot of people saying, let's go Nick over Wendell, and then at, and then ultimately Wendell goes, so maybe Nick did some good with those conversations. Nick's edit to me has just been so funny this season. You know, we see him with this compilation entering people's frames, entering conversations. We see back when he had a little crush on Parvati. Even this episode, again, we see him on the pole with a face-off with Jeremy, and, <laughs> Nick, and Jeremy's just staring him down, poker face, and Nick just starts giggling like a little schoolgirl. I mean, Nick... <laughs> I don't know Nick personally, but he's pretty hilarious, and I'm loving the content we're getting from him uh, in these episodes. It's a lot of fun. Definitely. I mean, so moving on. uh, Jeremy, we see scrambling hard, and he's got that safety of immunity, so he wants to keep his boy Wendell in. Uh, You know, they're getting along. Uh, uh, Jeremy ultimately wants to get Nick out to make Wendell his right-hand man. So we see Jeremy going around having a lot of quality conversations, in my opinion, from what it appears. Even with Denise, Denise says, you know, if it's Adam's time to go, it's Adam's time to go. She was down for that. Uh, And then we don't really see much about Wendell's name getting thrown out as a specific final option. You know, we saw Nick and Wendell have a little bit of a target on their back, but it seemed like Jeremy really successfully steered over to Adam Ultimately, we get to tribal. That's not the case. Even Adam had that killer voting confessional. It's either me or you tonight. I know that, but do you? And then ultimately, uh, our boy Wendell goes home. Bryce, what, can you give me some thoughts on that? Like, what do you think happened? How are you feeling as someone who's close to closest to Wendell? Like, give, give me the lay down here. Um, so there's a lot of things that I want to say. Number one, obviously I love Jeremy personally out the game, but my thing is like with Jeremy is like, what's the issue with Nick being close to Jeremy? Uh, with what is the issue with Wendell being close to Nick? Like, and if that's the case, if you want to be the number one to Wendell, why don't you just have a conversation with him, uh, regarding that instead of like trying to take Nick out? So that's one. Two, my other issue is, is that, you know, I hate to be the bearer of like bad news and to always bring like race into things, but it really does bother me. Like for issue. 
the first person to go out of winners at war is who natalie a female of color okay so now we get to the merge and obviously you know we have all of these big players here and they're playing a great game and don't get me wrong i love me my sophie i think sophie is playing a really 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 great game um in my opinion like i've been saying all this time on our survivor news that i really think sophie might be the winner pick however my issue is like you know sophie brings up this conversation that she sees jeremy and wendell broing it up and that makes her uncomfortable well i here's the issue that i have with that is that okay so if you want to pick out a pair that is wendell and jeremy hmm what 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 makes them so uncomfortable to you um and but we have pairs like denise and adam i see no one bringing that up we've got pairs like sarah and tony i see no one bringing that up we have pairs of ben and sophie no one bringing that up pairs of ben and sarah no one bringing that up so my issue is is that oh okay so now it's jeremy and wendell and now that's a whole issue two brothers coming together and then the first person off the merge is a person of color so that's what bothers me the most is because it's like what's so what what's the issue with jeremy and wendell being cool and working together is it because the two black guys they can't work together now that that's just my issue and that bothers me a lot because a lot of the time people always like they don't like to talk about ooh the race card in Survivor but I think that you know the race card plays a big part of a lot of things in Survivor that you know for upcoming players that play like it's important to like know that because obviously my thing is why can't they talk why can't they be friends like I don't understand that does no one realize that Sarah and Tony played Kageon together um, and they played another season together like no one sees that like that's not a big glaring issue like and Wendell is the biggest target that y'all want to take out like that is the problem like I, I don't know it just bothers me but I understand like you know y'all wanted to go with Wendell because what again like I'm confused like when you got people like Tony out there when you got people like Sarah out there you've got people like Denise out there who's openly sitting at the table saying that she took okay Sandra out with an idol and gave another idol so Denise like should have immunity that travel though I will but I, will. I mean okay okay you're right 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 but I'm just saying that like there are a whole bunch of other pairs that are problematic not just Jeremy and Wendell growing it up so that like a lot bothered me but obviously like you know my brother went home so I'm hot and I'm mad about this episode but it just kind of like I don't know and obviously we see where the core alliance is like you know on my Twitter I had posted up Everyone voted for Wendell, but Adam, but Michelle and Nick and Wendell. But obviously, it's like so. Who's running that that game? And then we see that uh, we see the talk when Jeremy was talking with Tony, and you see kind of Tony sort of kind of leaning towards the Wendell way. So obviously, to me, it's like well, Sarah and Tony really must be the ringleaders, and no one else sees that, and everyone is just l- allowing them to skate by. But somebody like Wendell, you're willing to get rid of, and it's like that. Those are the moves, in my opinion, that like whoever is the winner of this game, kudos to. But like. Like, you know, you got to take out these big threats in the same breath. I am like, you know, although Wendell is gone. However, I now pour my support onto Tony and Sarah, Kageon Strong. Like, those are the people that I'm rooting for at this point. But I know that was a lot, but I'm just mad my no, no, brother gone. I'm, I'm processing that. And, I mean, I think you have a better viewpoint on that than a lot of a lot of people that are talking about this right now really could. Just to give my two cents as someone who, you know, has never been in that position. Well, okay, and I, I, I'm just going to say this, tread lightly, because I'm I'm fired up, and I'll oh, come course, for you, so course. go ahead. I, no, no, I, I don't want you to come for me. I'm, gonna, I'm saying, 
First off, I totally agree. I think it would be it's remiss of people out there to say that race dynamics don't play a role in Survivor. You know, Survivor is supposed to be a reflection of our society. Not to say that anyone on the season is racist or anything, but clearly there might be some unconscious biases at play. Like you said, you have Jeremy and Wendell, two strong black men coming together. People might view that differently than they view these other pairs. So right. I totally agree with you there. But I will say, as as um, big threats in the game, you know, I think their 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 bond at that point might have been more visible than other people's. You know, Sarah and Tony have been keeping it low key. They have not been keeping it low key no more. Like where where have they been keeping it low key? I mean, they. I mean, I mean, I guess maybe. I mean, well, they maybe. were on separate tribes post swap and they true. just But true, I, I agree. With, there's other duos out there, and almost I, like I, I don't disagree with you here. I'm just thinking. You know, I, I just think. Jeremy almost pushed so hard to keep Wendell that maybe that threw people off. But I, I do agree with you. It's a little suspicious. Not that anyone consciously was like, oh, yeah, let's get out uh, the black people. Like, that's I, I don't think anyone was consciously no. thinking that. If they were, that would be atrocious. But I think there's definitely some layers here that you're, that you're digging at that people need to give more thought. And that actually brings up a really interesting uh, no, perspective sure. on the game of Survivor. Absolutely. Like it always is. It's like that is like a lot of the times people stray away from that. But I always I, I always, you know, because that's what I see. And a lot of people are like, oh, that's not true. I don't see color. Well, girl, uh, what, what world are you living in? Because we live in a colorful world. So it's like, obviously, you have to see that. But I'm not taking away from anyone's game. I'm no. just saying that, like, I just find it ironic that that is the pair that they have a problem with and they need mm. to break that pair up. So, no, I mean, in, in my opinion, there is a lot of other pairs that could have been broken up but you know no, i'm just a scorn friend that's definitely just... a element that's in there i don't think it's the whole thing it's not the whole picture but it, it's it's a little piece of the puzzle for sure it so. ain't it's not a little piece of the puzzle okay well it's it's, it's a piece of the puzzle uh, right p- period but i love that energy you're bringing with that because that made me think about things you know a way i hadn't really thought about it at all and if you go, look going back looking at a lot of or seasons recently and all time pre-merge especially you see a lot of minorities go out uh, hello women going look at out. L- look at my season and i mean i again it is what it is like it's fine but look at my season like you think it's a coincidence that i'm the only black member gay black member on my tribe and we go to tribal and i'm the biggest threat like you know what was the commonality in all of my other tribe members like you know what i mean like people don't yeah, think yeah, about yeah. things like that like oh it oh it is for sure i mean but it, it's the name of the game and that's fine mm-hmm. i could have fought harder but i'm just saying like let them all collectively come together and say, mm, "Yeah, we can get rid of Bryce." No, like, you're please. right. It's, it's, like, a, it's a it's a definitely an interesting subject to discuss and to think about, and there's just a lot to it. And I, I really appreciate you opening up on your thoughts about it because I think that's going to make a lot of people think about it. It made me think about it in a way that I hadn't thought about it before. You know what I'm saying? So, right. I mean, I'm, I'm loving I'm loving that that type of expression, and uh, yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm pissed. Wendell went home. Hopefully, he he could sauce it up on the edge, but um. It's hard out there on the edge, so we'll, you know we'll see what happens. Definitely. So I'm excited. I still love the game. I'm still mad, but you know, at the end of the day, that's how the game rolls. But I, I just, you know, I am passionate, and you know, every season that I, I see disparities like this, I always just try to point it out. And all people will be like, "Oh, you're always bringing up the." No, I'm not. I'm just telling you how I see it. You can see it from the perspective that you see it, but I'm gonna tell you how from the perspective that I see it. Um, and that's just the end of it. I still love Jeremy, although he ain't getting a Christmas card this year. Okay, just now <laughs> and the kids. Just but I mean, kids. I understand the predicament that. 
Jeremy is in, like, obviously you can't ruffle the boat too much because obviously you need to save yourself. It's a sinking ship. So listen, I got to go. But I'm just saying, I just, like, of all of the people of the merge, and obviously, like, if it had to been Wendell, it's Wendell. But all of the people of the merge, and, like, you know, this is the storyline that they're building um, that Sophie sees. Now, however, I ain't mad at Sophie, though. Like, you know, for Sophie to see that, um, because obviously they probably would have got together and been a huge turkey. And But, I mean, I am also, again, as much as I'm, like, you know, mad at my girl Sophie. Sophie is playing a phenomenal game mm. thus far. I cannot give it to Sophie any much more because I, I, I'm loving how so much under the radar, but how so much of a control she is because obviously she has Sarah's ear and Sarah's ear has Tony's ear and obviously like, you know, Tony is kind of sort of, in my opinion, driving this shit. Yeah, I mean, I'm loving what I'm seeing from Tony right now. This this alliance of threats is, is definitely interesting and also underrated move, I will say, we see in this assemblance of threats, Tyson goes to Ben and he's like, hey, you're a big threat. You should join up with us. And I think he realized that Ben maybe feels a little insecure about his win. I'm actually watching that season right now. Shouts to Desi. But I think he realized maybe Ben feels a little bit insecure about his win. So by going to him and be like, oh, yeah, you were a big threat. You were a great player. That's an easy way to reel him in. Because Ben's going to be like, you know what? You're right. I was a great player. I was a big threat. Like, let's, let's, let's protect each other. Um, but there's definitely a lot cooking. Uh, like you said, the oven's on full blast right now. The pizza is sizzling. And I just can't wait to see what keeps coming. Uh, we still got education. A lot of legends out there now. And they just gained one more legend sub. Before we leave, let me ask you this question. Because this was what was I... This, I can't even talk. This is what I was also wondering. So now that Boston Rob has an idol, and now that Natalie has an idol, are they just null and void? Or do you think that they will be able to sell them to people on the other uh, place for fire tokens? Hmm. I, I think they're null and void. But I still think there will be elements of trading advice. I, I don't know. So I don't I, know because I was on Twitter today and I was just got, you know me, I likes to, you know, peruse the twits and I like mm-hmm. to peruse the Reddit and some people, <laughs> some people on the Reddit was saying that like they'll be able to sell them to people on the other thing and they were saying that like, you know, Survivor said it, but I didn't see where Survivor said it at, but I, I think that that would be an interesting element if they're able to sell the idols to people across the way, but um, I didn't know. I just wanted to know what your thoughts on it. No, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I think it would be interesting if they could sell the idols, although that might be a little bit of an oversaturation right off the bat, given that we know there's going to keep cranking in advantages over the course of time. But, you know, there's a lot still to come from Edge of Extinction. I'm sure there will be advantage after advantage churned into the game. So I guess let's just see what happens. I really don't. But to answer your question, I'm really not sure. I'm interested to see. I might have to peruse the, the Reddits and the Twitter totters and whatnot myself. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. All right, well, sorry for yelling at you, baby boy, but I just had a lot of heat and a lot of fire. I had to get up off my chest. Um, But thanks again for this week's Survivor News. Can we count on you next week to give the report of what's going on? Oh, yeah, you can count on me. I'll be here. All right, Jack, and we'll talk to you next week. Thanks again. Peace, Bryce. Thank you. All right, so I'm so excited for this segment um, that I'm doing on the Purple Pants Podcast. I'm honored to have RHAP royalty with me. So let me just give you a bit of a backstory. So this weekend, you know, quarantining and chilling, minding my business, doing what I do, which is really just eating Cheetos in the bed. Um, I came across this show called Unorthodox on Netflix. And I was, you know, like, okay, Friday night, turn up. Uh, I 
started watching it and I did not think that I was going to get so pulled into it. Um, and so I started watching it and I saw that it was only four episodes. So I was like, okay, let me pace myself. I'm going to watch an episode tonight. I'm going to watch two episodes on Saturday and finish it up on Sunday. And so on Saturday, I happened to tweet about it just saying like, guys, I'm watching Unorthodox and whoo, my emotions and the thread that started rolling in was crazy. And so many of the RHAP supporters and the Purple Pants Posse was like, you need to get Akiva on the show. You and Akiva need the podcast. Well, first of all, that's a dream come true to have Akiva on my podcast. But without further ado, I'd like to welcome Akiva to the Purple Pants Podcast. Oh, my God. What an honor. What an intro, Bryce. Uh, Bryce, I feel like we've been circling each other for like a month or two now. So yes. this is exciting that we finally you know, get to do our first podcast together. That sounds like a pretty wild Friday night that you had, <laughs> like it was quarantine. I'm going to watch a subtitled Netflix show in Yiddish. Right. Well, like I didn't a normal Friday night. I didn't know with subtitle to be honest. And when I watched it, I was like, "Oh no, I don't know if I'm be able to watch this." But I was like, "Let me get 20 minutes into it." And it really kind of pulled me in. And I always love a show that has subtitles that you get so into it that you don't even realize mm-hmm. that they're subtitles. I really I, I'm not even lying. I really thought by the end of it I could speak how you say it, Yiddish? Yiddish, yes. I I thought because there were some parts on the show that they wouldn't even show the subtitles. And I felt like I was like, oh, I know what I know what they Mm -hmm. I know what Yankee is saying. (laughs) Um, So I was like, whoo. But so I'm so glad to have you on this podcast because you can be a great point of reference because I was telling you before, I more so go off of emotion. And I feel like that you can be a great storyteller um, and help us break down this amazing story of unorthodox. Yeah, what's actually interesting is I read the book Unorthodox, however many years ago it was, by Deborah Feldman, who's the SD, whose name is Esty in the story. It's her story. Obviously, they took a lot of liberties for Netflix, but I had no idea the show was coming out. Right? Like, I just, I was like, all right, I read that book, probably forgot it existed, you know, and then I, and then I like, you know, saw people talking about it, like reviews for it. That they, Netflix likes to sneak things up on you, right? They don't do like yes. two months of publicity for anything. They're like, I think they don't want people to watch their shows. It's kind of weird. Netflix strategy I, but, is very strange. But I think that it works, though. I think that they don't do the strategy like that because you. I feel like when you see it on Netflix, you'd be like, do I want to watch this? Do I mm-hmm. not? And then it's like you all of a sudden you're watching it and then you're hooked and then you start tweeting about it and then everyone else starts tweeting about it. So actually, it's kind of smart the way they do it. Yeah, I guess well, especially with like if something breaks like Tiger King, then obviously yes. that works. But then a lot, I feel like a lot of things like you you scroll through and it's like I didn't know that existed. Like that looks like pretty you know ambitious or whatever. And like I've never heard one word about it. So I guess it like the wheat gets separated from the chaff. Like some of the stuff is really just falls. You know, nobody nobody ever hears of it. But uh, we're gonna keep true. unorthodox alive here. Yes, absolutely. I I'm all in. So can you break us down like? Give us like the rundown of kind of the show and where it starts and just, you know, give us that good juicy juice. Yeah. So Unorthodox is the story of a Hasidic. And, and you tell me because I'm like so inside baseball. I'm an Orthodox Jew. I'm not at all a Hasidic Jew. I have a lot tons of familiarity with with Hasidic Judaism. But um, I'm just speaking from, you know, like sort of mostly secondhand knowledge of people I know. Um, so if I'm saying something that you think the average listener wouldn't know, you could correct me. But basically... Uh, Esty in the show, who's who's uh, the Deborah Feldman wrote the book, but they they changed her character's name to Esty. She is a seventeen year old when the show starts. Uh, woman who lives in Brooklyn, probably just finished high school, like that, you know, that month or something, and she is getting married to a guy that she has met once. Right? We see them get met. We see them meet 
once with their family there. They talk for like five minutes, ten minutes, and that's it. That's probably in their actual courting. You know, maybe they meet two times, but like that's that's the full courtship as far as you know we see on the show, and it's pretty and you, realistic. And you can confirm that this is not Love Is Blind. This is actually like real life, like not the Netflix show Love Is Blind. This is like just real life. This is she only met him once. She met him once. I, that's common. I mean, def- depends on the sect, depends on the people. Maybe you'd meet a few times, but it would never be, you'd never be at that level, the stricter sects of, of Hasidism. You would never, uh, you wouldn't like, um, you know, go for dates out, just the two of you. You wouldn't go like, maybe you get a little bit more liberal sects. Maybe you'd go to like a hotel lobby. You're still in public, but you could like talk without your parents there. But there it's like, it's literally just stamping the deal. Your your parents are basically making it's a semi arranged marriage where like you can nix your parents' uh, plan. You know your parents' plan, or you could meet the guy and be like, "No, I'm not attracted to him," or like, "No, he seems like a loser." But you, but basically, I think at this point, it's like mostly a done deal for a lot of people. Got you. And it seemed like from what I saw of that par- portion of it was that like Esty didn't really have a say in it. Um, Esty looked like her mother from what we know in the beginning. Like they say that her mother abandoned her so she didn't have a mother. And it appeared that her father was like they they used the term like the prodigal son. Like it kind of seemed like he was kind of like in and out a little bit. And so she was raised by her grandparents. And so it looked as though as almost as if like Etsy was a hard sell to get married. Um, and so when she met her husband, uh, Yankee, it seemed like her family, like she didn't really have an option. Like it, it seemed like her. And was that her like it was her grandmother and her great grandmother? Uh, yes, that's her grandmother, and I think it's her. No, it's her. Yeah, I think so. I'm not. Or okay. is it her great aunt? I'm not sure. Right, or or aunt or something. And it seemed like they were very kind of like pushy for Etsy to kind of meet. Uh, not for really for her to be like this. Who you marrying? You you going off with him? And your life is going to be so much better. Um, and then the story kind of goes back and forth because um, at the same time we see Etsy. Uh, you know, leaving and traveling to Germany. And so a lot of the, a lot of the show is kind of like you were in the future and then we learn a lot of the back history because at first when I'm seeing Etsy leave and running away from her husband, I'm like, girl, what is you doing? It's people out here like me that can't even get, you know, two successful dates. Here it is. You marry and like, you know, so I'm like, Etsy, what's going on, girl? Like, stay with so. But the more and more we learn, the more and more we kind of figure out why Etsy like felt the need to leave the community and really want to like strike her life on her own. Yeah, one of the interesting things also is the actress Shira Haas. Uh, I don't. I'm sure she's much older than 17, but she has. You know, she looks very young, right? And yes, Esty is. I don't know if they say it explicitly uh, in in that first episode, but she is 17, right? When she gets married, she's you know she's 18, uh, and you know even there, you know, throughout the course of the show, one of the major subplots is when are you having a baby? When are you having a baby? We're talking about a teenager still, right? right. Even, though, even though it's been a year, she's probably still about 19 years old. Uh, I don't know the exact timeline of of the real story, but I think it's pretty similar. Whereas, uh, you know, the second you you get married, you are expected to start having having kids. And right, we see we see their wedding. We see the, what do you think about that, Bryce? Did you like the fact that like would you have liked the more linear story where it's like uh, 
you know, and or and also, I guess, second question, like, there's only four episodes. I feel like it's such a rich world. Would this have been better as like an eight ten episode where we really got to see their marriage for a couple episodes? Like, all right, we're in New York, and then boom, let's go to Germany for the second half. So I kind of liked it that way. I kind of like shows that kind of go back and forth because it kind of the the whole time you're like what the hell's going on and then you start kind of piecing it together and as you piece more together i feel like you and your mind it draws you in a lot more um so i i mean you know at first and when we're seeing her get married it seems like she's buying into like you know okay yankee is my husband like you know we're gonna have this life together and yeah but it, it just was really interesting for me to see like the whole process that Etsy had to go through and I'm not sure like a lot of the things but it seemed like she had to go through like a physical like somebody had to really like check to see if she was a virgin she had the like the scene where she had to get like naked and essentially baptize herself yeah um, that's called that's called the mikvah yeah um so, yeah I, I do wonder with stuff like that also so by the way this whole show I think is shot in Germany I don't know if you got to watch but there's a really good like 20 minute making of which Netflix a lot of times doesn't do where they like show how it's like they you know they're able to transform Williamsburg you know Brooklyn into Germany uh-huh. and uh, you know like a lot of like that if you think about it now like that scene in uh, when she's trying to leave her apartment she realizes she can't for like complicated religious reasons that are probably beyond the scope of any podcast um, where she can't leave her apartment and there there's like a little bit of a twist like that's not a, that's not a Brooklyn apartment right that's probably like that looks that now that I think about it that's like a Germany type you know style right now that you kind of say that like the front of it and how the the building is set up that is interesting um but good point to bring up so it starts off where etsy is trying to leave her apartment and obviously she has a passport she got the money ready and she's like getting ready to like leave uh but she can't because it is they're saying it's sabbath and like she can't bring a bag out during sabbath or what like there's like there's some type of religious rule so she has to go back upstairs and like repack her little bit of Bag that she had and really just bring it looks like a picture of her grandmother a passport and some money and she heads to this woman's house um who i don't you remember her name no i don't okay yeah i don't remember her name either so but she heads to this woman's house who essentially helped her um and the woman was we learned was her piano teacher and throughout the course of the series we learned that um her grandfather owned property and so her father she would go with her father to collect rent from these properties and this there was a piano teacher um, and the piano teacher was a little bit behind on her rent. So Etsy was there when her dad was trying to collect rent and the piano teacher saw how interested uh, Etsy was in the piano. And she was like, well, you know, I could offer you lessons. Um, and so I, they don't really show how it actually broke down, but Etsy had formed a relationship with this woman and this woman had helped Etsy obtain her German passport. Uh, we learn in the show of one of like the interactions that Etsy, Etsy had with her mom before she got married. Etsy had an exchange relationship with her mom. Etsy was kind of sort of very bitter to her mom because she felt like her mom abandoned her. And at one of the scenes when Etsy, before Etsy got married, uh, when she was a young girl, her mom gave her these papers and was like, here are documents uh, of my grandfather.
together and that you are eligible to have like a dual citizenship, like a U.S. citizenship and a German citizenship. And you should hold on to this if you ever need it. Um, and obviously Etsy uses it to get a passport to Germany. So she gets this passport from the, like she meets up with this lady. She gets the passport and she just literally hits to Germany with just the clothes on her back. Nothing else. Just this everything that she has. And so at that point, it really kind of that's when I was like, "Ooh, I'm invested in this story because it's like I can't imagine going to my parents house for a holiday like if I go to my mom's house for like the weekend for like mm-hmm. Thanksgiving I pack like 20 bags because like I need like you know I need clothes to lounge in I need like you know clothes for after Thanksgiving like so I, I always have to have clothes so she literally just goes with the skirt and like her shirt and I'm like geez she really must be running from something um, and as we learn she gets to Germany and she's supposed to meet up with her mother uh, but she gets to the apartment and her mom's not there. And so Etsy feels like she's kind of like on her own. So she's just like roaming the city of Germany by herself. And it's just like, wow, like you think 18 years old, you're willing to leave everything you know to travel to Germany to just like anything can happen. She don't have no cell phone. She don't have nothing. Like everything is just going off of like information given to her. Like what were you thinking at that point, Akiva? Like like were you buying into the store? Like what what were your thoughts? Like seeing like how much she was willing to risk. Yeah, so it's interesting because in on one hand, like she's a married eighteen year old, so she is like a woman who's, right. you know, established in life. And like on the other hand, she her her sort of like you know coping skill like social skills are probably below a lot of you know random high schoolers who were also her age like you know as we see she doesn't know to use a computer uh her first language is not english um i you know it's interesting because the actress is israeli and so she's she's an israeli pretending to be an american who doesn't speak english like you know i don't the accents didn't really bother me they were pretty good but that's like a it was like i don't know it hurts my head it's like four different languages right <laughs> english hebrew yiddish and german that are that are, although uh, yiddish and german are, are are have a lot of similarities so that it, it is one i mean the reason they picked germany is because that is where uh the real sd lives uh, like she did move to Germany. I, th- I think what? she had like a couple kids and it took like five years, not two hours from when she left her husband to, you know, but but, you know, for, for Netflix purposes, we sped up the storyline. But yeah, she's there again. No social skills, nowhere to live. I mean, she's sleeping mm. in the in like the, you know, amphitheater or wherever of the of the school, you know, musical uh, chamber. I don't even know what, what you'd call that room. But she, you know, she's sleeping there. And then I think one of the things they do here, and, you know, I'd be interested for people who are not super familiar with this world, is like, it seems like in every every scene in that, in the, you know, present, uh, you know, present time, we see her, like, take one more step into the secular world, which really starts with what you mentioned, the piano lessons. Like, it's hard to explain, like, how big of a deal it is for someone in that world to even take piano lessons from, like, uh, you know, and and playing you know secular non-Hasidic songs, right? Even right. even even like that was scandalous, right? Like that's the hus- That's honestly, and I'm very curious what you think about her husband. Like that's his biggest problem with her. Like he keeps bringing that up, right? Like you go to the piano teacher. Like how right. dare you, right? The the husband is. Uh, what do you think about the husband? Because they. The hus- the cousin is like a monster, right? He's the uh, bad yeah, guy of the show. Uh, don't even get me started. Or oh, he's so annoying. So, actuality, I my heart goes out for mm-hmm. Yankee as well. As much as my heart aches 
for Etsy. My heart aches for uh, Yankee as well, because in my opinion, and again, like, I don't want to, like, be disrespectful to anybody's religion. Like, I don't know. I'm not informative. That's why I got, you know, Kiva here to keep me in line. But I, like, from what I get from Akiva is that like he is a man of his religion and a man of his faith and he wanted to first of all let me just back it up a little bit Yankee is a mama's boy okay so like mm-hmm. whether whether he's Jewish whether you know whether he be Christian whether he be Muslim whether he be yellow brown green blue he a mama's boy and so that's one of the issues with Yankee in in my just an issue for me is that he's a mama's boy like he don't wear he doesn't wear underwear he wears pull-up pants like he's a baby so Mm -hmm. i feel like that was a fundamental issue in his relationship with etsy is that like instead of keeping his problems in his household he took everything to his mother like for instance like uh you know him and uh etsy was supposed to have sex and etsy's a virgin and so like they there was issues with them having sex it hurt and etsy did not want to have sex and so you know Etsy was a trooper. She continued to try and try and try, but it, it never happened. And we see this scene where one night they try to have intercourse and it doesn't work. And it seems like, you know, Yankee's upset. Um, the next day he goes to work and Etsy is like, you know, at home being a housewife, you know, making some coffee and her mother-in-law comes by and her mother-in-law like you know stops by as he's like oh hey how you doing what's up girl you know um you know just you know the regular old mother-in-law and all of a sudden the mother-in-law is like Etsy uh Yankee told me y'all having trouble having sex and essentially I feel like she gives her like lube or something uh Mm -hmm. and like I can and Etsy is like bitch what the the hell what you like you know to her surprise like why does she know about our bedroom and so i again it just we learn the more and more we learn about etsy the more and more we see the things that like etsy just could not deal with because in my opinion i felt like etsy was trying to make everything work but it just seemed like at every turn she got pushed away so back to what i think about yankee other than the fact that he's a mama's boy i kind of my heart went out for Yankee because again I I felt like he was a man of his faith and he wanted a wife and he wanted a family and that's all that he wanted like I felt like he genuinely loved Etsy and I felt like he genuinely cared about Etsy Um, and as we know in the the show that he allowed Etsy to continue to do piano for a period of time, which most men in that predicament would not. So we see that he's willing to break the rules. However, being as though that his family is so much in his ear, like he just reinforces what the family and the religious wants in his relationship with Etsy. So I did not hate Yankee. I actually like my heart and Watching it to the end, my heart went out for Yankee because I just felt like he just like, you know, I I felt bad for him because I felt like he lost his wife. Um, And mind you, we're probably going to be jumping around all over the place. So so did the show. That's fine. Right. (laughs) And also remember, Yankee's, you know, he's 20. Like he's a baby, too. And, you know, it's normal for a 20 year old to be a mama's boy a little bit. And like maybe there's a little bit where and, you know, climactic scene where like. It it almost works out, right? Like according you know, if if according to Hollywood at least, like maybe he you know, he, he calms down for one second and Esty tells him their big news and, and then right. he stays and they live happily ever after. Who knows? Like he was that close. But I, I do think like maybe he turns into you know, he gets a job and comes down and turns into like a pretty, you know, decent dad and, and good good father, but he's over his head with a helicopter mother, you know, dealing with his wife. The truth is I spoke to a summer person to, to get a background, what they thought was, you know, realistic and unrealistic. And to them, the most horrifying thing was the mother-in-law getting involved in their bedroom because there's, there's such 
conservative people by nature. Like you, it would not be like even uh, Esty would not talk about this with her friends. Like we don't really see Esty having too many friends in on the New York side of things. But like it would be completely verboten for them to like have that conversation. Even it would be scandalous to talk about with her girlfriends, let alone her her mother in law. Really, if she was having problems like that, it would be for you know, uh, 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 like an actual, per, you know, medical person or her mom, who is clearly not not in the picture, which is why her mother in law is, I think, trying to step in. But like that was what was, I think, most scandalous of the whole show to, <laughs> you know, to people from the face like what the mother in law's getting involved in that. No, no, no. <laughs> it's a lot more. And so we learned that Etsy is pregnant and that after Etsy has left for Germany, um, you know, she does not come home and Yankee goes to the family and Yankee tells the family and they had this big big family meeting and they have the rabbi come in and the rabbi he tells the rabbi that you know Etsy's pregnant and they are they get this cousin and I, what was the cousin's name um I, I was about to say Malik uh, Moshi sure right Moshi Moshi yes Moshi in my mind Malik because I got a cousin named Malik mm. so cousin Malik who is like he seems in my opinion like a backslider of the faith and is mm-hmm. trying to kind of sort of get back into good terms yep. and it seems like he lost his family uh we know that he has a uh a gambling addiction and we know that he don't follow the rules of like the faith like how everyone else does so they bring this cousin cousin Malik in to basically be like y'all need to go to Germany because they're not so much concerned about Etsy at this point because they wanted to get rid of Etsy like they were like we're going to divorce her you still young enough Yankee you can get you another wife and have kids but once they find out this child is involved um, that they are like you need to go get this child. And so another thing that really kind of struck me watching this documentary was it, it seemed like the women are like not treated like humans. Like they are more treated like property of the men. Like it's like your job here is to serve your husband and bear babies. And another thing that I thought was so interesting um, that when Etsy, so I'm about to jump around because I'm about to ask your opinion, Akiva, is that uh, when Etsy goes to the hospital in Germany because Etsy knows that she's pregnant mm-hmm. and she goes to the hospital in Germany and basically they're like, well, we can talk about your options. And Etsy is offended. She's yeah. like, my options. And she's like, you know, we have to rebuild the six million Jews that were lost in the Holocaust. And it like, can you talk about that a little bit mm-hmm. more? Like, is that like. Is that like I, I don't even just if you can explain that because like is that why like they have so many children is because like they are trying to like I don't this is where I'm you know yeah so it's a great question I so okay so, so first of all talk. one of the interesting things is that um, first of all like even though SD we see a lot of times during the show as it goes on like even though SD has sort of left the faith. And, you know, we could talk about, like, the, the little things she does, like, one by one to, to, like, shed her skin, right, once she gets to Germany. There are certain things that are still too far, right? And, and you know, even though, like, we, you know, we see her, you know, sleep with a strange man, things that would have been, you know, unthinkable, like, maybe, I don't know the timeline of the show, but, like, a month earlier, three months early in her life. But, like, to her, the idea of abortion, like, I don't know if she knows what an abortion is, right? Right. right. This, is a very, this is a person who doesn't have, the, you know... A, a traditional education at the at you know like the, a lot of things she doesn't know. We see her ask you know Google like is there a God right. uh, you know which was funny and we also see uh, her husband yell to uh, like Alexa <laughs> or, or whatever it was to, to Google like, where is Etsy where is Etsy and, it, and so I asked uh, our, our our summer friend like 
is that realistic? And they said, absolutely. I know many people who have never used a any sort of smartphone or that technology in their life who would be similarly like flummoxed by by the technology. So it's a great question, and uh, you know, it, it, I can only give a serious answer. But what, one of the interesting things about the show. Uh, Bryce is that they they didn't pick they didn't pick Germany right like Germany was picked for them because that's really where she went and maybe she could have gone to Austria or Sweden or anywhere else in Europe but because it is Germany the country most closely you know synonymous with with the Holocaust right. like there are so many mentions of the Holocaust so I, I you know I'd be curious with what you thought or you know about that but even when she goes swimming in the lake which is sort of the first shedding my skin by taking off you know the tights or whatever and and going in the water which is such a big deal for uncovering her hair right and she I believe in that scene right she throws her shaito which is her hair covering into the into that lake in Berlin which they say is like right near where like Nazis made a lot of key decisions in some uh you know lake house or something but they really – it is very uh, heavy-handed where they there is a lot of like, isn't it crazy that we're in Germany doing this, uh, you know, 70 years after we were almost, you know, exterminated. Right. I, I, so, But to answer your question, um, I, I listen, uh, Hasidic people have always had many, many children. I do think that is a thing now. Uh, there are still less Jewish people than there were in, in the early 1940s, you know, pre-Holocaust. So – the there is definitely a thing like because obviously the world population has probably tripled or quadrupled since then and the jewish population uh was you know was was hit so hard that it still hasn't recovered so there is definitely a thing there um but i just think abortion would have been so beyond the scope of of for Esty. and also like her mom messed up right like or, or right. you know and we could talk about her mom but like her mom you know in Esty's mind is not a great mom i think Esty can only end the cycle by being a great mom, right? Right. I think she probably, even though maybe she's not ready, like she doesn't have a job and she's a teenager, like in her mind, and she's living in a foreign country where she doesn't even speak the language, like she has to, you know, she has to be a better mom, I think, for this baby. So it's a complicated question, but I think that's, a, you know, there's Definitely. there's some of that there. And then there are like some points in my mind where I'm like, you know, I get a little upset with Etsy because, you know, my, you know, I'm a social worker. So my social worker kind of skills kick in and it's like, well, girl, you know, you pregnant. You can't just keep the father of this child away. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. so there's so many levels on my mind where I'm like, well, that is so wrong of Etsy to keep this like to want to just up and leave and not tell her husband about this child. At the same time, I understand kind of like sort of the predicament that Etsy is in a little bit. So to kind of like wrap a little bit more things up so Etsy kind of like discovers this performing arts school where she meets these friends that I kind of really kind of sort of take her in um, and they're all different backgrounds they're all different races um, and they really kind of sort of become Etsy's kind of makeshift family as she is literally a homeless girl on the street and as Etsy like you know plays the piano she learns that there is an exchange not an exchange uh like a a scholarship program that she would be able to get into this program if she can play an instrument so she can play the piano so she is going to like sign up to have an interview which the interview is really hard to get but you know because Etsy she people feel for her they are able to Get her an interview. At the same time, cousin Malik and Yankee go all the way across, you know, from New York to Germany to find Etsy. Now, my mind, I'm like, how the hell are they going to find Etsy by going to, like, you know, Germany's a big city. Like, you know, yeah. how are you just going to find her? But 
So they go to Germany and they try to find Etsy. Um, Etsy did, has not. And another thing that I didn't like about this show is if I'm Etsy and I was supposed to go to my mom's house. I'm going to just wait on her doorstep. Like, you yeah. know, like, I, like I'm not just going to, like, just go off into the city. But um, so Etsy doesn't really, you know, go see her mom. And so soon as uh, Cousin Malik and uh, Yankee get to Germany, they go to Etsy's mom's house. And, you know, Etsy's mom is kind of rather surprised. Um, and she is, you know, first of all, she buzzes them up. Why are you buzzing them up? Yeah. Uh, I, would, I would talk to them right through the door, like, what's up? But she lets them up, and I, another thing that you kind of get to see is, like, this this tone of, like, they're not really, like, coming to, like, say, hey, Etsy, like, what's up? We coming back. Like, they are coming to take Etsy back. Yeah. And you, you see a lot of this aggression, especially in this cousin Malik, um, where you see, as in uh, Yankee, he's more like... Have you seen Etsy? And so the mom is like, I, I have not seen her. She's not here. Obviously, cousin Malik, he don't believe her. And now, you know, Etsy's mom and her partner are like, should we call the police? And she's like, we can't call the police yet. So um, a lot goes on after like this. But Etsy is, you know, making these new friends. She finds these friends. They really kind of like support her. She's got a love interest, you know, a cute little. I think he I think he's from. Is he like, I think he's like German. He's from Germany. Um, he, he look all right. And, yeah. you, you know, there's a love interest there. And they they have dinner parties. And at this one dinner party, they're like, Etsy, you're trying out for this, you know, the audition. Like, let us hear you play. And so, you know, we hear Etsy play. Now, mind you, when I hear her play, I'm like, oh, she sounds good. Like, this is good. That's a weird but, scene, right? Like, we thought, right. like, oh, she's great. I don't have an ear for music to know. Right. Like, hey, that, that was a B plus slash A minus. That's a weird scene. I agree. And so the friends, uh, their one friend kind of sort of rips Etsy apart. Um, and it's like, girl, you play all right, but you're mm-hmm. not good. Like, this program yeah. is, like, excellent. Like, you're not good for excellent. But, I mean, I kind of, uh, like, as much as I thought that friend was a bitch, I kind of like, I like a friend like that. Actually, don't baby me. Tell me what you need to hear. But she didn't have to tell her like that. So it kind of sends Etsy in a spiral where she feels like she's uneducated. Here's this one hope of chance that she thought that she would have. And now it's been decimated. Like, what is she going to do? Um, And I don't really know what kind of sort of happens after that. But what I do know is that she kind of comes back around um, to the friends. They were worried about her. And then they are saying like, oh, one of the friends is playing at a nightclub. You should come to the nightclub. And of course, like, you know, Etsy is very like socially awkward. She's like very timid, shy. So as she is like, you know, we've seen her experience this nightclub. And like, you know, what I love about it is, is that like you are really kind of like seeing her experience her life for the first time and that's kind of like one of the messages that despite like the religion aspect of it um, I think is what drawn me to this story is that like no matter where you come from no matter your background like you have to follow your passion and follow your your drive in life and so that's kind of like the, the, the message that I got from the story and that's kind of like why I admire Etsy so much and so I'm just kind of sort of telling this nightclub story because it leads to like the juicy juicy part um, but so Etsy one of the main guys that Etsy met who's in the circle of friends they go to this nightclub however cousin Malik despite how much of an asshole he is you know cousin Malik done found Etsy Mm. um, and follows her to this nightclub I just really wanted somebody to like just punch cousin Malik in the face like four times you need to get uh, hit once in this show for sure just like 
Oh, just, uh, I, just, just so annoying. Um, but so he sees Etsy at this club. He takes a photo of her, but then Etsy and her love interest, they kind of sort of go off, um, back to his apartment and they kind of sort of like, you know, have a little intercourse. But what I, I love about the scene of the intercourse scene is that like we see Etsy having intercourse with her husband, how just it's like, with her husband, it's more like, we got to get the job done. Yep. Like, it's robotic. And with this scene, it's more like, you know, Etsy doesn't really like, she just goes in and kisses him. And yeah. he's like, wait, wait, baby girl, slow it down. Like, you know, let me caress your body. And so I just, I don't, there was something about that scene that I really could appreciate. Like, Etsy kind of like seeing, like, listen, like, this is how you are supposed to be treated. Mm-hmm. However, at the same time, in my mind, I'm like, ooh, Etsy, you a little hot in the pants. You married, you pregnant, and you having sex with some random guy. But, <laughs> I mean, it's another day on Tinder for normal American people. So, I mean, I don't know. But I just was like, oh, my God, Etsy. But I, I really appreciated that, uh, that scene. And so it kind of leads to... I guess that night they talked about Etsy and the piano and I guess they discovered Etsy's hidden talent. Um, So the next day, Etsy, I mean, I guess it's not really important, but the next day Etsy kind of like goes and goes practicing. We don't really know what she goes to practice for. The love interest kind of sets her up with this guy and they go practice. Here we are thinking they're going to be practicing piano. Another interesting point, you probably don't get a lot out of this Akiva, but I kind of got a little bit out of it, was Cousin Malik. I guess he spent, I don't know where he went after he saw you. I don't know if you know where I'm about to go with this. But after uh, Cousin Malik found Etsy at uh, the nightclub, I don't we don't know where he went, but Cousin Malik is a gambler, so he probably went to gamble. But after he, like, found Etsy, the next morning he goes, like, to this river and gets, like, naked. Yeah. And we, we, we see a little penis. We don't normally see penises in movies, so we saw yeah. a little penis, and he jumped into, like, this lake and then goes back and tells Well, that's, uh, yeah, that, the, the, the jumping in the lake is probably him going to, like, well, the mikvah similar to what she did. There's just, maybe he doesn't have access to one in Germany. It's, so, it, it's the same type of, like, you know, ritual bathing. So, but this is what I was thinking though. Was it a ritual bathing? Because this, is he thinking like, yes, I found Etsy. So now that I found Etsy, I'll be able to bring her home and I'll be able to have my family back. Uh, very possibly, yeah. I mean, it's weird because it's like he he doesn't seem super concerned with religion. Uh, I like that his like uh, you know obviously we see him do worse things you know once we're like deep in Germany. But it's funny his like main like vice is that he keeps playing this like uh, casino phone game on his phone, which right. like, amazes. <laughs> Uh, which amazes Yankee, right? Like it, it's it's like what what is this? I've never seen it before. Uh, he's like you know, even though he has rebelled, he it's still like kind of a, a to use the word like babyish rebellion. You know what I mean? It's like right. in some ways he's like hanging out with with strippers at like a dance club, but right. in other ways he's like oh, like the most sort of like the most depraved thing I could do is like play this casino game right. on my phone any chance I get. You playing Candy Crush? Okay, like, I, I cannot believe you. Yeah, wait till the rabbi finds out you're playing Candy Crush. I know, Candy oh my Crush. God, the rabbi is going to have his head. <laughs> but, like, I, another thing that I did, like, I, I don't know, and maybe did you, and again, I'm not trying to disrespect nobody, but I very got much, like, the mob from, like, how the rat, like, they had the meeting with the rabbi, and they, like, they sending a the cousin to go get her. Like, it was very much, like, I don't know, I just felt very, like, like, I don't know, like crime family, like we're going to send you to go to uh to go to Germany to bring the girl back at any cost like that. I, that was just kind of like, 
I don't know. But yeah, I, well, don't you? I think that's probably the least realistic part of the show, right? I think they. I, I'm actually surprised, and I think the like the reviewers were a little surprised. Like they turned it into a little bit more of an action show than just like a like a drama that happens in Germany. You know, he brings a gun, right? right. Like I don't think you could bring guns to Germany with you know you get caught, you probably do a lot of years in jail or something. It's not it's not like America. Um, I think. I, you know, I, I I do think that part is very unrealistic. I don't think that like the Satmar rabbis have a lot of sway. You know, <laughs> right. a lot of, a lot of people just like running around Germany, uh, you know, with with firearms. Like I, I think that part was the least realistic part, honestly. Uh, and and I, like I don't think that's that part that part of the story happened. I think she went to Germany and people didn't didn't chase her. And a part of going to Germany is just like, uh, like you said, like if you're if you're saying it's like the mafia, it's like well, they're at home, they can control what she does. So if she has the baby. Bryce in Williamsburg, and then she stops being Orthodox. Who do you think gets to keep the baby? Right, it would the, be y- Yankee and his yeah, family. Yeah, the judge is going to give it. Like the New York judges are going to give it to Yankee and his family. Right, they're going to portray her as like we have the money, we have all the power in this relationship. So really, a lot of why they're leaving, and they don't really ever say it explicitly. It was like because she's having this baby, the only way she can control the baby is to leave the country. Mm, because like uh, you will, if you leave that, if you leave the faith, even to become you know, let's say a little bit more like me, which is modern, but still, like I, you know, you would I, you would lose that court case in most American courts. Wow. They, the, you know, tie goes to like the original religion. In America, it's you know it's a fascinating thing, and maybe beyond the scope of of uh, of a TV podcast, but it's 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 you know very tricky. That's so interesting. So that kind of like there goes my thing about being like, how could you like take that baby? So I, it, it was actually more to that. And then we learned that Etsy finally makes it to her mom's house because you know I, I forget. So, so mind you, cousin Malik finally caught up with Etsy and kind of like grabs her through her in his taxi, but he didn't really do anything to her. Like he pulled yeah. out the gun and then left the gun with her. That I was like, okay, that's stupid. Yeah, it was but stupid. He just kind of shook her up, and from there she went to her mom's house. And after she went to her mom's house, like you know, Etsy kind of like wanted to lean on her mom, but at the same time, like you know, bitch, you ain't been my mom this whole time. So like right. you know, she's kind of very upset with her mom. However, her mom reveals to her that like I never left you, Etsy. Like I was taken from you, and just like you just explained to Kiva, she said that like the courts, like she lost uh, Etsy to the court system, and so Etsy has a better understanding of. Her her mom yeah. um and you know so what also I her like mom a- her mom has a girlfriend there right which her would, mom also ha- like would be scandalous in that world and probably is one of the reasons why she left or was forced out right absolutely so you know now the mom's lgbtq okay up in germany living her best life um but so etsy stays at her mom's house and then you know it's the night before her big audition and so etsy gets ready she has her mom support and her mom is like i'm going to meet you there um and obviously this is essentially like the climax of everything that we've been building up like let alone like cousin malik and yankee finding etsy but Yankee knows about this meeting and so Yankee goes to the performance as well um, and so here we are we see Etsy on the stage and she's like I don't want to do a piano um, I actually want to sing and we like I'm like wait a minute Paul sing girl I heard you sing this whole episode girl yeah. this whole four you can sing plot twist plot twist so then but as i feel like etsy can never catch a break so etsy performs the song and you know her mom is there out she's outside the door now mind you this is when the mom became my good good girlfriend because as etsy and then you know all of her friends and her love interests are there to support her um etsy's mom is like outside the auditorium at this point and then cousin malik show up 
And because of Malik, it's like, I'm here to take Etsy. And uh, Etsy mom is like, listen, baby boy, you ain't messing up this for her. And then he's like, oh, yeah. And then the mom pull out the gun. I was like, ooh, Chile. <laughs> the mom pull out the gun and was like, what's popping? Okay. And then cousin Malik just scurry on. He scurries on. So as all of that is happening, Etsy is singing her heart out. And we learned that Etsy has an amazing voice. Um, but then just like Etsy, when she was at the friend's house playing the piano, these judges are like, that song was good, but it was meant for a soprano and you have more of an alto voice. First of all, okay, this one I wanted to jump through the screen, Akiva. I'm like, first of all, it don't matter if it's yeah. a soprano song. If I sung in an alto, okay, I'm getting mad. Hold on, wait. 10987654. <laughs> because I'm, I'm getting mad though, because I'm like, I, like, what do it matter if I sing it a little deeper? If I'm singing it deep, if I'm singing it like Tony Braxton, it don't matter. So then they're like, do you have another song prepared? And I. After the other song, you know, Etsy sings. And that song really kind of touched my heart. I don't know what she was saying because yeah, it was that's, in See, Yiddish. that's a Jewish song, Mi Bon Siach. Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, so how you say it? Mi Bon Siach? Mi Bon Siach, yeah. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, so the... Yeah, well, the first song also is the song that she, that her, that her, right, she says that her grandma taught her. One of the things that also a non-Orthodox person might not catch is that women would never sing in front of men, ever, yeah. ever, ever. Even really in front of her husband, I'm sure, has never heard her sing, even if they had had a better relationship, like a very, t- it's more standard, uh, you know, uh, relationship. So it's like a big deal for, for, you know, Yankee or certainly for Moishi to, you know, to, be hearing her sing, or for her to sing in public at all. Like this is—it's funny because we've seen her take off her shaitel, right? Her yes. head covering. We saw her eat ham. Have, we saw yes, her eat. sleep sleep with like the random random dude. But uh, this don't is forget like, jeans. Don't forget jeans. Yeah, she had that, on jeans. That's a good one. And jeans. But this is like the worst one. Is the is the public singing? Right. It's like this is the final straw. The actress says um, uh, this scene was meaningful for me because it's literally about a girl finding her own voice. She literally mm. has found her own voice. And so. From there, it's very touching. Um, you know, she then introduces her friends to her mom, which is, uh, I feel like, a huge thing because obviously, like, she's, you know, acknowledging her mother. But then she sees Yankee. And this is kind of, like, where my heart, this is where I was like, I don't know. So she reconnects with Yankee. They are walking. You know, they're walking. And I, I guess, like, you know, I, we're missing out. We are missing out a lot of stuff. But listen, go watch Unorthodox and you can catch all of the stuff that we missing out. But she is with Yankee and Yankee is basically like, you know, you know, pouring his heart out like, you know, I, I miss you. I love you. Like, you know, I, I was unhappy. But, you know, you are pregnant now. So everything changes. And like, you know, in Yankee's world, he's just like, we can be a family again. Yeah. We Bryce, can, can I ask fam- you a question? Yes. Are, at this scene, the climactic scene in the show, are you rooting for her to say yes and get back with Yankee? So, I mean, I, like at this point, I, I to be honest, to be honest, Akiva, I don't know, because I'm like, I'm like, he loves her. Like, that's her husband. Mm-hmm. And, you know, me, I. Listen, I can't get somebody to text me back consistently. (laughs) So, and and my thing, I'm like, well, shoot, if you text him back right now, that was a hard scene for me because I I was rooting for them because I felt like they did a really interesting job. And I think he probably gets a better portrayal in the show than I haven't read the book in a while, but like, I'm sure she, you know, she's probably tougher on him in, in, in the book or in real life if you were like her friend. Like, they do a very good job of going right down the middle where it's like he's he never touches her like he never hits her he's never he like right. he never goes too far where you're like nervous maybe he would but he's not you know a Yankee's not Moishi right 
He's right. not like he never does that one. Like, yeah, maybe he speaks like he's too aggressive there when she runs out of the house when she's about to tell him she has a baby. But like he never goes to like the point of no return. So I'm sort of rooting for them, even though deep down I know there's no way she's ever going to say right. Yes, right. But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's their family, your love. And like, you know, it's like they're back. He, she even goes to the hotel with him. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. And then at like. Then when he ran into that bathroom and then was like cutting his curls, I was just like, oh, my God, like, this is it. She going to get back with him. But to her point, like she stood strong and was like, I, I can't do it. Like, you know, I, I-, I cannot go back. It's-, it's too late. And again, another thing that kind of like was kind of pushing me more to uh, Etsy's side was that like he kept saying, like, I thought something was wrong with you. But now that you have the baby, everything's OK. Like, you know, like still diminishing every mm-hmm. other like, you know, still just saying like well you're not really a full person to me like you're not really like you know you're really just you can have kids so we can have kids and so but to Yankees defense like that's what he's brought up in like you know what I mean that that's all that he knows and so like I don't fault him for that like like you know what I'm saying like I don't yeah. at all fault him for that and like, also if he's a single dad in that world like at 20 it's like well what went wrong and even if they blame the woman it's like well he's a little bit damaged goods like he was already only able to land you, you talked about this, and it was a very stupid point at the beginning. It's like, well, Esty's lucky she found any guy in that world, right? Because it's all about prestige. It's a lot of its prestige and, like, you know, right. the, the you know the richest or, or you know, forget about money even. Like, the rabbi's children or, like, the most important people in the community, like, those are the, – their kids are the ones who are most, you know, el- the most eligible, let's say, uh, people. So, like, for him to pull Esty, already, like, not <laughs> ideal. So he, now he's in trouble – probably he's thinking like all right i'm gonna be a single dad and like what am i gonna do for him too like oh yeah you probably like in that world might have to be a divorcee also like you know what you know other 19 year olds gonna be like all right i want someone with with a kid in germany so he's like ah this is my this is my hail mary pass you know right like he's he's desperate but at the same time, he's willing, I guess, from his point of view, like, I'm willing to, like, make it work. But Esty stands, stands true to herself and, like, says no. And that's why I'm just like, yes, Esty. And then, like, she has this one last scene with Cousin Malik, but which is just, I, I, at this point, I'm like, bye, Cousin Malik. And yeah. then, you know, it kind of ends off with Esty going to, like, the cafe where she originally met her love interest. And then, like, you know, just kind of sitting there and reflecting. And then here come her friends. Basically, like, there's Esty. And they're like, you know, that's the end of the series. Who do you think she's waiting for there? Because they walk past her. They're clearly not going to see her, right? They wave and say hi. Is she waiting for her mom? Is she eating by herself? It looks like it's a table for two. So I felt like this is the scene. This is the cafe where she met the guy with the coffee the first day in Germany. Mm -hmm. So I felt like she was probably going there for him. Mm -hmm. Or like German Tinder. There's like a (laughs) (laughs) What's German Tinder called? I don't know. I mean, yeah, but I, there's Alda. She had the new lipstick on and she was ready to go. But mm. I just thought like this, this story was just so I, I just don't know a lot about the community. And obviously like this, the hidden message or not so much hidden, but obviously it's just like, you know, to fight for your freedom and to be your individual self so much. It just kind of like pull on my heartstrings. Um, I just got so much out of this story and this I was just like oh I was just so excited to be able to talk to you about this yeah I also like just to you know defend them a little bit I do think it's like well this is sort of like the most interesting maybe like egregious or like you know type of example whereas like I'm sure 95% of the stories are just like the husband's happy the wife's happy and and you know 
and and they have lots of children. Life goes on, and they're happy. So it's just like it's very hard to leave, but not everybody wants to leave. Like right. you know, if you speak to if you if you spoke to like ten summer people on the street, I'm sure you know ninety five percent of them. I guess that would be nine and a half people. I don't know how that works, but <laughs> would, you know, would be you know nineteen out of twenty, or or even ninety nine <laughs> out of a hundred, or uh, you know, would be would be very happy. But uh, you know, it's just like how do you leave this thing that's so specific? And that, you know, and like you, you've been built for like one very specific life and now you're going to like literally a whole new world. Right. It was crazy. It's such a good watch. I definitely recommend anyone that, first of all, not anybody, because y'all all got time during this quarantine and chill yep. to definitely check it out. Definitely an eye opener. And this is uh, not yeah. a quarantine and chill show, though. Oh, uh, well, I mean, but that may, well, <laughs> you got to read the not. subtitles. <laughs> But no, for real though. But after a while though, I really felt like I did not need the subtitles though. Seriously, yeah. by like episode three, I didn't need the subtitles. And, and, and it's funny I, because she doesn't speak German. A lot of those scenes are in English, just because that's the common language with her and her buddies and stuff, and, right? Right, and the friends. So there is English, but a lot of the times I was just like, you know, eating my Cheetos. Like, I know what she's saying. I know what's yeah. going on. Like I felt like I could kind of sort of get into it. So Absolutely. I am. Uh, I'm so excited. But thank you so much for wanting to come on and, like, you know, help me break unorthodox down, Akiva. I'm so honored. Yeah, no, this was this was a blast. Thanks for, to Allie Lasher on Twitter with the idea, Legend herself. Yes. And uh, and this was fun. And, hope you know, maybe next, this is a home game for you. Next time we got to figure out a home game for me and Rob. Absolutely. Come on. I was I was down for the freakiest freak bracket. I know. Rob not- nixed it on the show. I mm-hmm. said it. Mm-hmm. I had to run it by you first because we put it in the bracket. And then Rob's here's Rob's complaint. He said, I'm just going to hear about like 20, like the biggest deviants of all time. He thought it would just be like a bunch of sex freaks and it would be like, you know, maybe more R rated. Rob sometimes has PG 13 sensibilities. Doesn't you know? he know freakiest freaks is not have to really do it's what people sat- wrote to him? I think, <sighs> I think we can, I, I think you should talk to him. I think it's, okay. if freakiest freak isn't like crazy stuff, I think like kids. I mean- you know, it, it, it's PG. I think we keep a PG thirteen more than well, R. Well, all right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks so much, it's been Bryce. An honor, absolutely. And I will talk to you in the very near future. And we are back this week, and I'm so excited because I feel like we all are in need of some spiritual healing. So we are back this week with our purple pants premonitions with none other than the one and only Gangsta Gurry. I mean, I'm back, 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 back again. Where else would I be, baby boy? Come on. What's what's popping? What's going on? How are you holding up during this, you know, scary COVID-19 time? Listen, everybody in Miss Rona is out here ravaging the girls, and I just have to, you know, stay inside my little bubble. I feel like the universe gave me a little bit of a blessing. Like, I've been in the house for, like, nine months, like, ten months straight. So I was Mm. like, wow, this is just, like, adjusting to what my life has always been like, but in, like, the real world, you know? So it's very, very interesting to, like, see all of what's going on, just been praying for, like, people, been doing a lot of work for, like, the collective as far as just, like, general healing and just really trying to uh, be of support in whatever way that I can. I feel like that's what's been keeping me afloat is, like, the idea of connection and community. Definitely, and I feel like what, like, one thing that I feel like the Rona has really... Or just uh, in general, it's just that, like, we all are human. We all are mm-hmm. immune to the same things. Like, we all bleed the same. And I think, like, hopefully this can bring somewhat of a, a camaraderie, a community uh, right. to people that don't feel like they have a community. That like, you know, we're all in this together. So what I was thinking for this week's Purple Pants Premonition is maybe you could talk to the cars and see about how we all can get through this or what the cards say for us that, you know, some some support, some, you know, something for us. Mm-hmm. 
Of course. So it's funny that you even asked that. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to do this. I've been doing a lot of reflection around what we should be doing as a collective. Um, As we know, March was hella long. March was doing all the things like, you know, the United States wanted to be like, we are in a pandemic. Like, it's just too much going on. Right. And as we are starting to recognize we're not going nowhere. Like there was a question about, are we going to be doing things right now? Are things going to get back to normal? There is not going to be a new normal. So now this is the opportunity for us to really plan and get intentional about what our personal new normal is. So I want you to take some time to reflect on what are the things that make me me? What are the things that make me unique? What are the things that, you know, make me really like weird and special? And how can I enhance that throughout any given week? So like... I want to ask you a question. Did you notice any time like last week your energy was like a little low? Were you like over it last week? Definitely. Okay. So what I started to notice is like at a collective level, when you start talking about like your feelings and just like what you're giving and you're real transparent about it, you start noticing other people may be feeling the same thing too, right? I think what we should be focusing on as a, you know, as a, a group as people, as the human race, honestly, is just like, how are we feeling? How do we connect with other people to recognize, like, are you experiencing some of the same things that I'm experiencing right now? What is that giving you? And how can we do something together to switch this up? We've been doing a lot of like this internal work. Some people going crazy. My extroverts out there are tripping. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are tripping. Can't go to the bar. Can't go to the club. Can't get your hair cut. Cause I know I'm struggling with my, Ooh, child. Listen, don't even get me started. These braids didn't Listen, these braids up on my head. Listen, listen over it. I'm like, why can't I do anything that I feel like I need to do right now? So it's like, well, what can I, Ooh, (laughs) look at this reminder. <laughs> listen, okay. Miss Reminder wanted what, to come through. L- listen to the universe. Okay, okay what is reminder? the universe telling us? Here's your reminder. Hot girl. Ooh, hot girl. Hot girl. Okay. Ooh, it's time for you to I be knew- a hot girl. Listen, you ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> ah, that's so funny that that would come on at that time. This is uh, called future planning. And I feel like that actually goes perfectly in line with what we should be doing. What is your schedule? What do you know works for you? And how can you incorporate things into your life that will remind you at the time that you know you necessarily need it? So this is a perfect reminder. I was like, it's going to be a hot girl summer. It is going to be a hot girl summer, but it's going to be a mm-hmm. different type of hot girl summer this year because everybody's going to be so focused on themselves that they're not necessarily going to be worried about how everybody else is doing stuff. You know, we are so focused on how we cute, how we making shit shake. And it's all about getting the first steps laid down the foundation of whatever it is you're working on, but not getting overwhelmed. So the two cards that come out, the Hermit in reverse and the Father of Pentacles in reverse. So both of these cards together, it's all about knowing that that internal fire right now, you know exactly what you need to be working on. You know exactly what it is that's been giving you a little bit of life, a little bit of just like, yo, I should really put some more time into this. For me, it was writing for public consumption. And it was like, well, how can I make time to write for other people? How can I make time to really just put into sharing my stories? And I had to figure out what my internal schedule was like. For me, I mean, Wednesdays, I don't do anything because it's Survivor Wednesdays and I have to have that whole day free. And sometimes other people may not understand that, but it's like you have to make your own schedule for you and figure out what works. During the day, since you've been working from home a little bit more, how has your schedule shifted up recently? Has it been for the better, been worse, or what do you think that's been like? 
Um, I think for me, it's been kind of like a status quo, uh, because mm-hmm. like like you said before, I you know the last couple of months, I the majority of my work that I do is home. So mm-hmm. like Monday through Friday, my schedule is basically I'm at home. So I have noticed that I tend to be a lot more productive in the afternoon. Like the morning times are very like, mm-hmm. but then come one, two, three, four o'clock, I get this burst of energy. I want to get things done. I want to accomplish things, and then you know the nighttime you know i'm watching a movie going to sleep but my my mornings definitely i i can't seem to like really get a hold of like getting up being productive and taking advantage of this morning um that i have Mm. and is it just like right now you have a specific schedule you have to follow in the morning do you feel like you have a little bit more openness to make it what you want it to be so, I mean, I have a specific schedule, but I would really like it to be more like I, I, I have a hard time motivating myself. For instance, like I was like sharing with you last time, like I, I have not had the the energy, the motivation to go running. And I love mm-hmm. to go running. Um, and I just like things like that. Like I don't want to work out. I don't want to. Sometimes I'm like non. I don't know if there's a word, though, but communicative. Like I don't really want to communicate with a lot mm-hmm. of people, even though I want to communicate. But I just don't have the drive or I just don't have the like. I can't give it my all right now. I completely understand that. And you know what? That's okay. But I want you to figure out when are those moments where you're having that? I feel like this is something we're all being asked to figure out. Like, what are those things that make us tick? And how do we speak ourselves through these times where we feel resistance? Because resistance is everywhere. But it's all about knowing that, you know, you've gone inside your turtle shell, as I like to say, long enough at this point to know how you can dip and dodge the bullshit. So it's about talking yourself through these situations and like setting up a schedule so that way it does work for you and like letting certain people know this is how I operate and this is what I may need at this very moment in time. Please, can you give me this space? Can you give me this time in order to be able to just like hear me out? I feel like that's something that we struggle with a lot of times to just be like, yo, I got some shit going on. I don't feel my best, but I'm still going to push through. It can ease up a lot for you. And then when you do have moments where you can get up, maybe not every day during the week going running, but maybe like once during the week, maybe once right. on the weekend, breaking it up. So that way you can start building stamina for whatever it is that you're working towards. And as you're starting to figure out what stamina you're building, you'll start to be able to talk more about this probably with people around you sometime like next week. So a couple of the things we have coming up Astro wise on Monday, April the 6th, we are going to be seeing um, the moon going void right before it goes into Libra. The full moon is going to be happening Um, in Libra on the 7th. So the full moon in Libra is all about like that balance. So like what things feel balanced, what things feel out of balance, how do you love on yourself? How do you show up your best self? And I feel like this is a perfect time because we're in the middle of this airy season where it's given very hot fire. It was a slow start, but I feel like maybe over like the last like couple of days specifically, you've been feeling like that energy pick up, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. This is very much like, all right, you're starting to notice I'm starting to get some more clarity around what's next, how I best serve myself. You said perfectly, hey, I feel this energy in the afternoon, so this is when I work best. You got to prepare yourself in the morning with a little nappy nap or, you know, a little coffee, a little run, whatever you can switch your schedule up every single day and then figure out what works best for you. And then I think by the time the 11th comes, this is going to be uh, next Saturday as it stands right now. That's going to be the time for you to be like, okay, these things worked. This shit didn't. 
What do I know works already? And how do I make that better? And how do I let go of the stuff that didn't? We love to get really hard on ourselves. And that's not what we're doing right now. We have to caress ourselves and nurture ourselves because we know best how. You know you've had some time to really think about like, yo, I be talking mad shit to my spirit. This is not the time to do that. You know best for you. So it's all about that preparation right now. What are the three things that I can focus on one at a time? And I think that as long as you are focusing on how I make my money, how I fill my spirit and how I'm doing something for like my physical body, whether it's eating healthy, whether it's, you know, cooking for yourself, because I know a lot of people got to cook right now. A lot of people got to cook, child, tired of cooking. (laughs) But it's like the intention behind everything that we do right now, spiritually, mentally, like emotionally is very important. So that way, when you can go outside, you get to appreciate it that much more. (laughs) Yes. So. In addition, uh, the hermit is all about just like meditation. I don't know if you've been meditating, what it means to meditate for you. It's all about knowing that in those moments where you give yourself space, you bring wisdom to yourself. You're becoming more self-aware. So think about the ways that you have seen yourself become self-aware over the last mm, three months because we've had a lot of things happen since the beginning of this year. Like, child, Kobe died. Like, Mm. come on. Like, that's how the year started. We started off with talks of war we start off with just so many different things happening and when we think about that we have to give these moments time and be like well who was i then who am i now and know that you've grown a lot so being grateful for that and then with the father of pentacles this comes up in addition the father of pentacles is all about uh being domestic being entrepreneurial and being steady so have you been steady lately have your has your spirit been steady and if it has not been what do you need to do in order to make it such This is somebody who can be very uh, calm, but being transparent. If you're lacking transparency over the next couple of weeks, ask yourself, why is that? And then figure out how you become more passionate, how you prioritize your stability. So that way you can see yourself going in the direction that is better for you and makes you feel more at ease. And then it talks about uh, being entrepreneurial in some sense. So how are you diligent in the things that you know you need to be doing? Where have you been slacking? Where can you be honest about that? And where have you been slacking on self-care? Have you been slacking on self-care recently? Um, I've been like 50-50. You know, I, I definitely could do a lot more. I definitely let this quarantine conundrum kind of get the best of me, mm-hmm. eating and watching TV. Although I feel like that is self-care. That's not the self-care that I really want to be focusing on. I want to be focusing on like the embetterment of like, you know, my, my enterprise, the betterment of my health, the embetterment of my weight, um, the embetterment of like what my future is. And it's like, I know I have that there, but I just feel like, oh, we in a quarantine. Let me pop some popcorn and eat some juice. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I can't, like, it's, like, it's hard. And I try to give myself, like, it's okay. You don't have to be so hard on yourself, like, you know. But I really do want to move forward in things that I know are goals for myself. Mm. It's funny that you say that because the Seven of Cups talks about illusion and deception. So what are the Decepticons in your life that make Mm. you think you're moving forward? And what are the things that are actually illusions towards your greatness? Like, how can you be even more realistic with yourself and assess everything and be like, yo, like, and I feel like after this full moon in Libra comes up, it'll be a little bit easier for you. And you'll start talking about it as uh, I believe it's Mercury is going to go into Aries. So the way that we communicate, we're going to be a lot more open. You're going to see a lot more people talking they shit instagram live is gonna be popping like crazy even more because you see everybody be on instagram mm-hmm. live these days. everybody's on instagram lives these days but i feel like it's going to be more about sharing like what we are experiencing and how we're becoming better not just these fitness challenges that you're seeing no, people hop on. Ooh, girl Ooh, girl 
But the Seven yeah. of Cups is uh, it's not the most welcome card. It talks about uh, temptation in many aspects of your life, whether it's cheating for pleasure or for money. You'll soon realize you've been building a house of cards. You may feel as though you can't see clearly, can't judge right from wrong or up from down. This is the spell of the Seven of Cups. It's best to remove yourself for a while. Step back until you can see straight again. So what need to what do you need to remove yourself from over the next we'll say two to three weeks so that way you can start looking towards the direction of growth of being steady of having that shit together and knowing that success comes not just from like the monetary it comes from the idea of building yourself up from the bottom and that's in all aspects how do you speak to your whole spirit over the next couple of weeks and how do you stay intentional about it is the main message that sound like something you can do child. I mean, I think so, but see, so this is something like, so let me know if this sounds, so would you say like, for me, that would like, I feel like a, something that would get me on course is mm-hmm. if like, I could start like eating like healthy again, mm-hmm. like my I got my meal preps. If I were to like start utilizing my meal preps, I really feel like that would be a step in the right direction that would like then focus me like, okay, but you eating right? Yes. Now then it would be like, okay, we could start our workouts. Mm-hmm. We could start getting our daily planning in. I feel like it would be a trickle effect. And so that's where I feel like if I am like putting the right things in my body, feeding my mind, body and soul correctly, mm-hmm. not just Doritos and Sprites and Skittles um, (laughs) I really feel like it could help motivate me yes and I feel like all right so I have a question back when you were eating differently did you feel yourself thinking differently what were you doing absolutely absolutely like I feel like um what would I say like so my my, like I, I want to make this all about my weight, but my um I fluctuate. Like mm-hmm. at times I can be snizzatched, mm-hmm. like you know, and I always feel like my best and my confident. But then you know, other times I'm not so snatched. I'm a little more pudgier, but it's okay because you know the boys love me BBW. <laughs> oh. But um, like I'm not happy i'm not like where i want to be so it's a constant like inner struggle so when i am like feeling my personal best not to what other people see me other people like oh you're fine but like i can't go by that i have to go by how i feel and i feel Mm -hmm. like if i am in a better place if i am feeling healthy if i'm feeling like i'm you know beaming then it puts me in a better place and i think of more positive things i think of like oh what i can do for myself, and I, I'm just in a different mind space. Right, and it's like you think about what you were feeding your spirit with, not just like the food, but also like what were you reading? What were you doing more at that time when you were eating healthy and when you were meal prepping and stuff like that? So it's right. like getting back to that space and reminding yourself what you were doing like at that very moment in time and how you can start incorporating those things back into your life. Not heavily, like you ain't got to go crazy with it, it's just like starting small and like reminding yourself, well, when I was uh, meal prepping, I felt like this. I was doing this and this allowed me to be able to do X. Now that you're older, because I mean, we all get older as every day goes by. You're wiser. How do you use that wisdom knowing that, hey, this helped keep me grounded. Let me see if I can try this again and see if it starts to bring that old thing back. Mm. It's all about giving yourself a start. And that could be the key to things opening up for you. So the advice cards here, we have boundaries in reverse divinity and the earth card in reverse so these cards coming up together is just like you know that you have not been grounding yourself and you've been letting some of your like personal boundaries just sit by the wayside why is that asking yourself that question like why have i not been keeping myself like as disciplined as i know that i can 
and giving yourself a little bit of time to be like, okay, like I understand where I was coming from, but now I'm going to do better. Sometimes we get so caught up in like what we should have been doing and we let that energy seep through us and allow it to kind of like push us towards the negative when it's just like, no, that's how I felt yesterday. That's what was going on then. Next time it comes up, if I can't do it today, cool. But what can I do in replacement? It's all about having things to go to that you know will be just as good. So like if you can't meal prep or you don't want to do it the same way, what is something else you can do that's healthy for you if you don't have the time to be able to cook like that? Chad, I don't know because Uber Eats don't be helping. Okay? <laughs> that's where you need to start, okay? Is no. <laughs> <laughs> maybe just like, you know, grabbing a little salad, you know, a little salad mix, whatever, whatever from the grocery store, throwing that into, you know, just like your general routine. Maybe it's just uh, how you are spending time in your naps. Listen, I call uh, throwing up a little like gang sign during med- uh, oh. like a little meditation. You know, I, they call mudras, how you put your hands into just certain uh, hand positions to receive different types of energy. So it helps calm me. I'll get into a nap, put my hand in that uh, symbol, and that's my way of like meditation, you know? Wow. It's just like giving myself those moments of the day where I'm like, well, I'm gonna do two things at once, but this, the intention behind this is what matters. So you, it's funny that you say that because when I actually, because first of all, I love a good afternoon nap between mm-hmm. like two and mm-hmm. like five o'clock, baby. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I do love about my naps are that one, I just love naps. Uh, but a lot of the times before, like while I'm napping, like just laying in my bed with my eyes closed, I really try to think of positive things. I really try to like put positive energy into other people. I really try to like problem. It's, it's very similar to when I am like running. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the time when I'm running, I'm like not, I, I wouldn't say a state of euphoric, but I feel like when I'm running, I can see everything that's in my mind and I can like disseminate what I need to work on or I can like problem solve and so I feel like napping for me is like a way of me like putting positive energy I can like you know oh you know I I hope my friends stay healthy Mm -hmm. I hope that like you know this job comes through I really want to work on me being not so petty and really me letting allowing things to roll off my back Mm -hmm. instead of me holding grudges like these are like constant things that I say yeah. uh, while I'm napping. It's like almost like positive affirmations that yeah. I try to put out there. I, like I really really do. I don't know how good my follow through is but like I really do like those things come to my mind and that's what I kind of like think about before I, I like nap. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, that is one a form of meditation um, and two I also think that's a form of manifesting mm. and a lot of people may not recognize like those moments of just like passing thoughts and giving those moments like time and then just knowing there's certain things that we think about that may come into our awareness that's for our positive for our future and for the future of other people around us and sending that love and sending that healing energy to those things like that's manif- like manifesting that's what that is at the very core so it's like if you can think about these moments where you're doing that that's productive a lot of people don't think about resting is working and that some, sometimes resting is the hardest True. job to do. Okay. I'm, listen, and the, the other thing about you knowing the times of the day that you love a good nap, stick to those because that's going to be really helpful for you when you get into that own business that you've been really trying to run, child. Mm. Okay. It's a whisper. But no, this is about you figuring out the things that get you grounded over the next couple of weeks, figuring out what boundaries you have been letting slip and how you kind of like get yourself back in line. It's like, sit your ass down and get back in line. (laughs) Like that's really what it's giving, but also being gentle with yourself and figuring out who has the keys around you 
to assist in that because we can't do it alone. The abundance is not a solo thing. It's by you knowing yourself and then also allowing other people to see that same version of you so that way they can speak to the things that you need. You know, it's all about knowing that balance. But sometimes yes. we get a, a little lost in that because of everything going on in our lives. But this is the perfect time for you to spend some time connecting with other people who got the same things going on as you. And I bet you you'll start noticing when you start opening more up about things you're thinking about, somebody else around you is thinking the same thing too. Mm. So that is true. That is my suggestion, child. <laughs> Whew, well, I got you giving me so much homework to do. <laughs> Listen, I, I tweeted that early today. I was like, uh, if you don't like journal prompts, I ain't the right person for you. <laughs> yes, and mind you, oh, this is what I wanted to tell you. The other day, I think it was last week. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was like Thursday or Friday when uh, you did a workshop on IG Live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on. I was right there. Listen, I was doing oh, my work. Yes. Oh, when I was doing the New Moon Manifestation. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love being able to like do stuff like that because I'm always in here. Like, I don't know if people recognize or realize like I be here ripping and running. I'm like, I'm running a whole corporation out of here. So it's like I'm building things, writing things out. If you saw my room, I have like all of my dreams like taped up around me. Mm, in different that's what ways. I need. That's what that's what I need to do. Like and I've been working on like I my room is pretty plain. It's just like my bed. I have like a nightstand and like a dresser and a TV because I wanted just a nice plain room. But I really that's so crazy that you been said like that you just said that because i really have been like uh, again i believe in manifestation i believe in like speaking things into existence i believe in like surrounding yourself with like positive like affirmations and mm-hmm. so like i've been wanting something like either behind my bed or i have like a really huge window in my room mm-hmm. i really want to do something like a dream catcher where I, I already have like not necessarily a dream catcher but i have like um what's that fishing rod not fishing rod um what, what do you fish with? Fishing? Uh, the, the line? Child. The line. And so, like, I have, like, some cute little drapes in my room that are, like, pitch black. Because, mind you, I used to love, mind you, I'm about to tell you a story in the story. So, I, I have, like, pitch black drapes in my room because a lot of the times I'm like, oh, it's too sunny. Let me put these drapes up so that when I get home from work, when I was, like, going outside, mm-hmm. it would be dark in my room so that I can get rest. However, I've since, like, pulled them back. I've, like, opened up my blinds. And, like, I leave my windows, like, not open, but the, the, I want the sunlight in as much as possible because mm-hmm. I realize like vitamin D is like huh, very huh. good for you. Huh. Huh. Uh, both of them. Both but of them. I just want like you know more of that energy to ray on me. But I was like thinking like you know maybe let me just write down ideas or things I want to do and I can maybe like tape them to that rod mm-hmm. and tape them to my uh, curtains and just have that energy hit the light and flow through me because I really feel like that could be something super positive yes and it's just like the fact that you even like because as soon as you started saying like fishing line i was like of course because you're a pisces so you would like anything that has to do with like the water and makes it seem like waves and stuff like that in your room like the waves are coming to you so i think that that's actually perfect and you already know that when you be in the shower you be doing some of your best thinking too so it's mm-hmm. all about you getting to the water like the water the bath the bath the bath the bath the bath listen the i know bath. you be getting it in because i be under i be right Right there with you child the water sign link up so it's like you using those times like uh i don't know if i ever told you 
But like I have like as you see, I had a Miss Alexa going off in the background. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have one of those in my bathroom too, so that way during my bath, if I have a wonderful idea come in, I have a recording for it, and I mm. like think about it in the future. So it's all about like some of your best ideas and some of your best motivations that, come in. What? See, you're really speaking to me because I can't tell you how many times um, that you know the spirit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> follow me you know when i'm with the spirit mm-hmm. um that i get a great idea and i forget it or like you know there's something that pops into my mind that i'm like bitch that is really good you should mm-hmm. and then i i just uh, let the spirit take it away and that is really good maybe i need to like keep like maybe little notepads or something that every one of my or something that i need to do a better job of recording my thoughts yeah and i was about to say like do it in an authentic way to you i think a lot of times people try to do stuff that they see other folks do like i'm a i'm a huge proponent of journaling and it's helpful but that may not work for everybody some of y'all like to hop on tiktok hop on tiktok and make you a little a little something like this what happened today and do a little dance with it but it's just about you making sure that you have something to go back to because you never know when it could come in handy it's right intention i swear like if i didn't have some of these things set up the way that i did because my mind be ripping and running like child it'd be like a little bull and a little you know like a little man doing a little ole ole and it's just like everything just going around here but i'm like i have to figure out how it works for me and these things work so figure out your juice your lane and you know what things will pop off right can we just pause for one second Hold on, let me just write this time down. 26, 22, because I have a feeling this is going to be my job. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Keystone first. Hi, good morning. May I speak to Bryce? This is Bryce. Hi. Um, how many sales are calling from 18th Healthcare? Hi, how are you? I'm, I'm in the middle of a conference. Can you please call me back at 12 o'clock? Sure. Thank sure. you. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Child, I, I lost my train of thought. I was just saying. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> Blessings, child. But no, we're just going to say keep focusing on whatever it is that you need to do in order to gain your divinity right now. And uh, whatever it is that ha- you have to set in place to remember things and, you know, know that you are going on your proper path. Just do it. Yes. I love it. <sighs> is that is that it for us for this week's Purple Pants Premonition? I feel like coming up, just as a little reminder, a little wrap-up, pay attention to what's going on with you guys on the 11th. So that's going to be Saturday, April 11th. Also, what happens between February, or April, February, I don't know why I'm in February. April 7th to April 11th, what are some of the things that you start creating? How do you kind of like uh, let go of old things and start some new stuff up? And then by the time we get to the new moon, things are going to be real hot. Things are going to be real hot. Mm. Uh, so let's just go ahead and get ready to get grounded. Boom. Yes. All right. Well, whew, I don't know. I don't know whether or not the Purple Pants Posse got something out of this, but I sure did. OK, <laughs> I definitely I'm, I'm over here taking notes because I definitely I needed. I don't know whether or not it's like reassuring or I just need to hear someone that I feel like understands me on a different level that can really kind of like speak to my soul. And so that's why I appreciate you so much. I really be having you on here for selfish reasons because I feel like this, <laughs> this is my like, you know, my spiritual time to mm-hmm. kind of get connected. But thank you Amen. so much. But Yes. But before we go, where can people find you at? Just in case it's the first time they're listening to the Purple Pants Premonition. Yes. You can find me over at Gangster Gurry. Gangster with an A because we don't do that ER buster shit over here. Gurry with two R's. Gangster Gurry dot me. 
um, is my website. I just opened my books back up for readings in the month of April. So, yes, I'm taking on new people. Got a lot of new things I'm opening up. You can find me on Patreon. Patreon is where I do specific things for my patrons, bring them a little special something, a little more, you know, connected to me, a little more personal. You know how that goes. Yes. You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and uh, we can, you know, make it rock. Be cute together. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Gangsta Gurry, and we will see you in two weeks. You are a blessing. Thank you so much, friend. All right. Bye. Bye. Yes. I hope you guys enjoyed this week's meat and potatoes. Oh, meat and potatoes. Oh, I had so much fun recording this week's menu with Jack, Akiva, and Gangsta Gurry. I really hope that you guys enjoyed that. Now, let's keep the menu rolling. Let's get into the Purple Pants Picks. You pick, I say. It's the Purple Pants Picks. Hey, you guys should know this by now, but listen, I'm going to say it like it's a recording. It's the Purple Pants Picks. It's one of my favorite segments of this podcast Um, every week. Uh. Friday or Saturday, I will post to my Instagram or the Purple Pants Podcast Instagram. I will post a story with some Purple Pants pants, and I will say uh, Purple Pants picks, drop some topics, and you can pick topics. Any Anything that's on your mind that you want to hear your baby boy talk about, we could talk. So, let's get right into the Purple Pants picks. I've got Jonathan Rose 10. Uh, he writes, what does this podcast mean to you? You seem a lot happier and confident since starting the podcast. Oh, thank you, baby boy. Um, so, I think this podcast means a lot to me. Um, it is definitely a way for me to express myself in a way that I have not been able to express myself. And it truly means the world to me. Like, you know, there's not a day that goes by that I don't see something or hear something that I'm like, ooh, how can I incorporate that onto the Purple Pants podcast? So I like I love it. And I love the support and I love the feedback. Good, bad, ugly. I love to hear from the Purple Pants Posse. I love when you guys tweet, you DM me, you email me. I love it. It, it, it I mean, listen, we go together. So that's a real thing. Um, about you know you seem a lot happier and you seem more confident I don't know Jonathan I've, I've always been this upbeat and I've always been <laughs> this snappy so and confident I just think that this Purple Pants podcast gives uh, me more of a current voice so I think that you get I, I'm allowing you more into my, my life so I, I think that you just get to see that a little bit more because listen it's been a baby boy since third grade what's up but no it's definitely like I um I can say the Purple Pants podcast gives me an outlet to be honest. I am definitely like very, very honest and very open uh, with you guys. And I think that it's mutual. I, I feel like that I, I, I share a lot with you guys and I get a lot back from you. So, but thank you so much, Jonathan. I really appreciate that. Uh, then we have Matt S. He writes, a couple named their newborn twins, Corona and COVID. Do you think this is in poor taste? Uh, I mean, so... I know some people that named their kids Hennessy. So, I mean, I don't know whether or not it's in poor taste, but I like, uh, like, I don't know. Like, I, I definitely think that, like, this is a, a pandemic, and I definitely think this is something that will go down in the world history that kids will be learning about this from a hundred years from now. So I definitely, when those kids get older, like, I don't really think that like, you know, a COVID like, you know, like, like, you know, Corona, like I probably, first of all, I know some people named Corona. So Corona ain't that bad, but COVID like, mm, I don't really know. Like this is definitely like, you know, not the best time um, in our universe. So I, I mean, to each his own. I don't have no kids. I can't tell nobody how to raise and name their kids. So if that's what you, you know, if that's what you want to do. But I mean, listen, if they was my niece and nephew, uh, Corona would be named Roro and uh, COVID would be named Coco. That Those would be the nicknames that I will call them if they're related to me. So I'm going to just keep it like that. Um, and then, hey, it's Emma writes, any conspiracy theories that you've heard? Um, so a lot of conspiracy theories are definitely with like everything that's going on um, has been 
been happening around. But there's one conspiracy. Can I talk conspiracy theories that I've been hearing a lot? I don't know if you guys been hearing it uh, with the five G. There's like this. Con- con- <laughs> I can't talk. There is a con- conspiracy theory about that. Like you know, since a lot of the new cell phone networks have launched the five G, that they feel like that is really what's causing the coronavirus, and that they feel like a lot of high ranking officials are hiding the fact. There's a lot of like um footage on the Instagram. Um, I know like my friend E. Burials, I know uh, Rodney Lavoy Jr., they be sending me a lot of the stuff. And I mean, I find that stuff interesting. I don't know whether or not I buy into it. I definitely don't like discard it like it's trash, but I don't know whether or not I buy into it. Uh, but my method that I like to think of is like, I just like to take in information and I will like, you know, whether or not it's true or not, I just like to take in information and that way I am kind of like knowledgeable about it. But like, if you guys have not heard it like you know hashtag uh 5g on like twitter or instagram and you'll see a lot of these videos of like a lot of these people talking about like what the 5g like network is doing to like the trees and the bodies and what they think about how they feel like and like i was watching one of these videos and they were saying that like every time the networks have launched like the 2g the 3g there has been some type of like virus or pandemic that has like followed through and it kind of like does like you know you know i do be like hmm I mean, the timelines don't lie. Um, So that's definitely a a conspiracy theory that I've heard um, and definitely like, you know, I haven't read a lot about it, but I've definitely watched a lot of videos about it. So, I mean, if you guys are into that type of thing, just like type in the hashtag and, you know, let me know what you think or let me know if you believe in that conspiracy theory. Like tweet me and let me know. Um, then I also have who we got. Um, I have uh die one twenty three writes. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, this one a little good one. She writes is threesomes healthy for a relationship? Well, baby, I don't, I don't know. I'm not in a relationship, so I don't know. Um, so I would have to say that I mean again to each his relationship like you know some relationships uh they not built for that some relationships they like to spice it up so i definitely think that it is a uh for each relationship you know me being a openly black gay man i definitely think on the side of like you know a lot of the times i find that like gay men kind of like put their relationships into like heterosexual normacies um and so that's sometimes i believe like a lot of like gay relationships fails like i don't feel like we can put our relationship to the standards of like heterosexuals i feel like we need to build our own standards and like create our own relationships but i feel like that is the same for like any relationship i feel like you have to build your own relationship you can't go off of like what your mom and dad and your grandparents like you we're living in 2020 we living in like you know very strange times so i'm not approved and i wouldn't turn my nose up to it but i definitely think it's something that both parties would have to agree to and that like yeah so i mean i, I don't think nothing wrong with spicing it up but i definitely think there is a time and a place um and you know some people it, it's just not for some people it might be for so i mean i don't know like it's to each his own like you know that's something that you have to figure out for your yourself and your relationship but i'm not in a relationship right now so i mean i can't really answer that but i probably would have to probably lean to the side and no because ain't nobody touching my man okay so because we gonna have to fight <laughs> okay so but that's just me but i don't know um 
Yeah. Um, oh, okay. We got another one. We got another one from E Nikki B twenty four writes, Would you ever date a coworker? Mm, now that's a good one. Um, and I know a lot of people that have met at work, and I know a lot of people that do date coworkers. I think a lot of us spend a lot of our time, well, not now, but at work. And that's a lot of the times like where a lot of people meet people. So I think like, yeah, I would date a coworker if they was cute and looked all right. Um, I know a lot of jobs, some jobs have policies like where you can't date coworkers. And so you have to be more, you know, strategic about how you go about that. But definitely, I feel like anywhere that you can meet somebody, you should be able to date them. You know, maybe your church, you know, maybe, you know, the mosque, maybe the corner store. I've had a story where I'm like, my friend Sarah always tells me, like, I meet the most randomest like people. Uh, Random story about me when I first moved out um, into my apartment. Probably like one of my first serious relationships. Um, I was like literally one night, I, there was like a Chinese store by my house. And like one night I was like, you know, baby boy was a little hungry. So I went to go to go to the Chinese store and I had met a young fella there, like random. And mind you, I looked at him as I had like a hoodie on and whatever. And we kind of sort of started talking and then we exchanged numbers. And like we had, we dated for a period of time. So, I mean, I feel like you can meet people anywhere and I feel like first of all I feel like the new place to meet people is the club grocery store because that's where everybody be at but miss me with that because I um my my you there's like stories upon stories about stories about stories but uh when I have to go to the grocery store I've been trying to go at night because there are uh there's a grocery store it's called fresh grocer um I'm not sure if there's like chains out wherever they're chains but it's a 24-hour grocery store so a lot of the time like there are people like the 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 staff member is there stocking, but there isn't a lot of people. And so I'm trying to like literally distance myself from people. So I have gone shopping at night, um, literally like two 30 in the morning, get up and just go grocery shopping. Cause it kind of like cuts down on like the long lines and like, you can kind of sort of get in, get out. Now, mind you, they don't have a lot, but they have the essentials that I need. Um, and then we have Nasir.Holiday writes Tiger King 2.0. So, yes. Um, I think, what's his name? Jeff Lowe. First of all, Jeff Lowe is on Cameo. Who is buying a Cameo from Jeff Lowe from Tiger King? But he they did announce they did like somebody tweeted me this as well too but that they are coming out with another a final episode just the episode of the tiger king i guess since the response and you know since miss carol baskin um so they are going to be like doing a final episode to kind of sort of like wrap things up and do a kind of like where are they now and like what are things doing because i think jeff lowe still has it's still that zoo that he was building in the tiger king i believe it's open and running and so people have been there so they are doing that so I think that would be interesting I think it's coming out this Friday so you know listen baby boy is going to be on it okay so I will report back to the Purple Pants Posse and that is going to conclude the Purple Pants Picks this Saturday or Friday I don't know depending on what I'm doing I will post up a new story to my Instagram so make sure if you want to get some Purple Pants Picks in please let me know what you want me to talk about and I got you now let's keep Oh, oh, this party moving. We're going to go to Advice with Bryce. Now, I got a really good Advice with Bryce this week. Ooh, I love it. Hi, Bryce. Let me start by saying one of the biggest silver linings of being quarantined is getting to reconnect with my family and friends. I have loved getting to Zoom with my brothers and sisters all across the country. Get drunk, 
play Cards Against Humanity online, seeing my nieces and nephews over FaceTime more frequently, and even getting to see my coworkers. But I've also had to work for the last decade plus. I'm also in my mid to late 20s or early 30s, LOL, to set boundaries and try to let go of my relationships that don't help me on my journey. The setup. I have a friend group from high school that consists of myself and four other girls. Over the years, we've gotten together periodically, brunch to catch up. Sometimes we'll even see each other a few times a year. Sometimes it's been a few years between the get-together. This past summer, one of the girls got married, and we all got to hang out at the wedding. This story is already getting super long, so let me cut to the chase. Something just was off. The vibe was wrong. I left the wedding feeling upset. I can't even put my finger on why, but I felt like an insecure 16-year-old version of myself. The bride has no idea about this. The problem. This morning, I wake up to a group chat on Instagram. They want to have a virtual brunch. I get that in this corona time, we need to reach out and connect with others. But this instantly gave me massive anxiety. I'm panicked. We're all quarantined inside, so I don't really have a good excuse. How can I get out of this? Should I just be a big girl and do it? Help, Allie. Thanks, Allie, for uh, the submission. I think this is like so in line with, you know, the theme of this podcast, which is the new normal. Um, So I definitely think that, like I was saying before in my church announcements, that We are hard on ourselves, and I I think that we don't need to be this hard on ourselves. So, number one, if you don't want to attend the virtual brunch, baby girl, you don't have to attend it. Just because we are quarantined and at home, it does not mean that our lives stop. It does not mean that you do not have to worry about the things that are going on in your life. And, you know, your weekends are your weekends. And if you want to be a weekend to yourself, I am fully here for that. So I definitely think that, you know what, you can let the group know that unfortunately like you will not be attending and like you know let me know if there is another time that I can attend I'm fully here for that your time is your time no matter if we're quarantined or not I feel like where we're at today we should not be doing things that we don't want to do now, in that same breath, Allie, I will say that if these are have been your friends since high school and that when you left that wedding, you felt like a, an insecure 16-year-old, I do feel like that is work that you need to do on yourself to figure out like what that issue was. And I also feel like if they are your friends, then I do feel like when you are ready, that you should probably reach out to who or whatever upsets you and address that. Because obviously, like, you know, we you care about them. You love them and want to support them. But obviously, like, you know, what I got from that email is that, like, you were saying it's too soon. If, like, the moment that you opened it and got anxiety, like, mm-mm. We not doing this. We got anxiety enough about the Rona outside. I don't need my friends giving me anxiety. You know what I'm saying? Like you have your support system, your real family and friends that are in your life. Like, you know, that's what you have to cater to. However, I do feel like, you know, these are members of your extended family and they are important as well. So I I do feel like you should address the issue at some point in time when you're ready to address it. But if you feel like it is too soon, then baby, baby, it ain't no Zoom for you. Okay, listen, you doing already Zoom 
room with your families playing cards and humanity don't feel that added pressure and don't be hard on yourself and again I always say this to my purple pants posse give yourself a ring put yourself first like you know what put your feelings first and you're putting yourself first by saying like you know what I don't want to participate in this right now it don't mean that you don't love them it don't mean that you don't care about them but you know it is taking time for yourself and there's nothing wrong with that but at some point in time you will have to address this issue so I definitely think that it's important for you Allie to think about like what the issue was what made you feel that way um, and for you to really work on that because so that you can explain to them or maybe it's one of the members of the group or maybe it's somebody else but like I definitely think that it's important for you to address it at some point in time to mend that friendship so absolutely you don't have to go you don't got to participate let them know like you know whatever you need to say you can say as simply as say like hey guys i'm not going to be able uh, to attend the zoom meeting have fun i can't i'll talk to you soon something cute like that you don't need no explanations no nothing like that but like you know in the future you will need to address that so i really hope that helps Allie. and thanks for writing in and if you guys have any quarantine questions or any friend questions relationship questions anything under the sun you know your baby boy is here to help just shoot me an email at purplepantspodcast at gmail.com and you know your baby boy got you and what a great way to segue into this week's Barb's message so without further ado my mom who happened to FaceTime me like eight times today to tell me she was taking out some frozen chicken for dinner okay girl how was the chicken but it's like but here is my mom with this week's Barb's message hi there this is Miss Barb and today I'm asking each and every one of you for a favor. As we all have been asked to self-quarantine during this pandemic, I'm asking each person listening to reach out every day and call, not text, a family member or a friend and ask them how they are feeling this day. Let them know you are thinking about them and praying for their well-being. And as they respond to you, listen very carefully to their tone of voice and their words. If you hear fear, encourage them. Reassure them that they are not alone and soon this will end. I'm certain that by the end of this conversation, the both of you will feel so much better. In times such as this, we must reach out to one another and spread the love. I love you and hang in there because we will get through this. And that's this week's Barb's message. And as you know, my mom loves to hear the feedback from them. So if you like this message, let us know, tweet us, and I will definitely forward the message on to Miss Barb. Now, on to the freak of the week. So y'all know how this go, Purple Pants Posse. I was just minding my business, watching a little unorthodox, chilling in the bed, scrolling through the Instagram. And listen, I came across, whoo, Chile, baby boy, Jay Starr's Instagram. Now, you know, Jay Starr, he was on Survivor season 33. You know, he was on X on the Beach 2. And now he's on MTV The Challenge that comes on Wednesday nights, 8 p.m. Um, He, baby boy, okay, Jay been doing some workouts. He posted this photo this Sunday and said I could get used to this quarantine prison workout slash tan regiment who's thirsty and baby boy now mind you Jay's always been fit but I don't know what Jay been doing lately because it looked like them packs they look all right and it looks like he's holding some you know them water containers that you see at the office that you get from the water filling it looks like that's how he's doing his workout since he can't go to the gym but listen Jay I'm here for I'm here for the quarantine prison 
workouts, okay? And if y'all don't know, head over to Jay's page and let him know. I think his Instagram is like J-Q-S-K-I-M. And let him know he is definitely this week's Freak of the Week. Whew, Chile. Listen, uh, this need to motivate me to start doing my workouts so I can get rid of this quarantine 15, trying to get to this new normal. Well, listen, Purple Pants Posse, this is going to wrap up this week's episode. I am honored that I can, you know, be a delight in your ear during these troublesome times. But listen, we go together. We're going to get through this together. Thank you so much for listening. And you can count on that I'll be back next week to have you guys covered. And you know what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a purple pants. It's a purple pants. It's a purple pants podcast. You better get your headphones and listen up quick. It's a purple pants podcast. You better listen in public. Might make your stomach hurt. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to unwind? You better get that box wine. It's the Purple Pants Podcast. You trying to get your snack? You better hurry right back, though. It's the Purple Pants. It's the Purple Pants.